uh, maybe holding them back in a sense like that. So, you know, I made a, a specific point not to necessarily get into what one should be doing because, you know, it's not, it's, it's usually not for me to say. Usually it's, it would be inappropriate of me to say uh, how you should be changing. But, uh, you know, that's really what we've been dealing with this strong, you know, just just looking at change and looking at metamorphosis and and how it relates to our journey. And uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, I've been, I've enjoyed the discussions. I know it's probably felt like it's been all over the place, but uh, the best discussions are, you know, we're not robots. When I say we, I mean uh, you, me. And all of us who are here sharing information, man. And, you know, it's really about having fun with it. When you really start getting into your healing modalities and, and really getting into this work, you know, after a while you learn to, to play with it almost. Play with the information, to, to toy with it, to stretch with it, stretch it. Almost like if it was silly putty, you know, or some type of, you know, um, animated substance that you can just kind of play with, morph and mangle. So you learn to play with it and and playing with the information, more ideas and more thoughts come out, you know, like with so many other things, you know, sometimes you have your time uh, to rehearse and practice. And then sometimes it's just good just to play, whether you're a dancer or a musician or an artist, you know, you play with it. And we're dealing with spiritual arts, you know, so there's a time when uh, we're going to present information in a very structured and stoic and disciplined way. And then there's other times when we just gonna play with it, you know, and and just playing with it, it brings out um, different things that maybe you didn't think of, or you know, maybe you didn't see in the moment. It allows for those those opportunities and and moments of spontaneity. But yeah, you know, I actually um, before I got in before I get into anything, you know, uh, I wanted to to share something with you all that um, I found. Personally, I found it a bit vexing, all right, and uh, and sad. And uh, it's, a, it's an article that I I came across, and uh, I'm gonna read it. And uh, definitely, please listen in. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I'm sharing it and why I'm reading it. Uh, I, I know for a fact that it's very very relevant to uh, a lot of the questions that some of you have asked me in private. Of course, I'm not going to give any names, but uh, when I read it, I I think you'll you'll understand a little bit more. All right. So this article comes out of out of the Times Union and uh, it came out. uh, No, we're in April now. Right. Yeah. So it came out in March. All right. March 23rd, 2017, written by uh, Emily Masters and, and Dylan Rossiter. And the name of the uh, the title, excuse me, of the article is Man Gets Prison in $1 Million Property Scam. All right. And uh, Zachary Latney, 22, a sovereign, quote unquote, sovereign citizen who tried to scam ownership of a former restaurant site and colony was sentenced to two and one third to seven years in state prison on Thursday. Judge Peter Lynch imposed the sentence on 22-year-old Zachariah Latney for his bid to sell property he didn't own. Latney will be eligible to serve his sentence in a shock incarceration program, six months of highly regimented substance abuse treatment. 
Prosecutors asked the judge to impose a much harsher sentence of five to 15 years. Lynch pointed out the man does not have a criminal record and committed the crimes at age 19. It's like you have been somehow brainwashed into thinking this whole universe exists for you. It does not. Lynch said to Latney, the, the district attorney's office says that 1893 Central Avenue property Latney tried to sell was worth $1 million. The jury, which began deciding Latney's fate on January 18th, reached its verdict the next day, guilty on 15 of 21 counts. Latney was convicted of attempted grand larceny, burglary, possessing burglar's tools, conspiracy, tampering with public records, filing false deeds, and falsifying business records. They acquitted him of six counts of, alleged, of alleging tampering with public records and false filings. The verdict ended an unusual case in which Latney argued he possessed a building that he admitted he never purchased. Latney claimed he owned the building through adverse possession, placing a notice on it. People do not enter property that they have legal rights to be entering through the roof, Lynch said during the sentencing. In August 2014, Colony Police charged him with trespassing, but he returned to the site and was arrested again. He filed phony deeds with the county clerk's office and tried to sell the property, which was in foreclosure. When Latney testified in January, Assistant District Attorney Brittany Nome, Grome, excuse me, confronted him in the words of former county Thomas Marcel, who told Latney's sister and co-defendant Kazia Latney her brother had no legal interest in the building. Latney scoffed, telling Grome, there are a number of ways legal interest may be acquired or derived from. Any legal interest? That's a swooping term. I don't know how he was able to apply that to my specific process. Latney also denied being a disciple of the anti-government sovereign citizen movement. While testifying, he followed the advice of sovereign citizens. The Southern Poverty Law Center, a civil rights organization that tracks anti-government groups, says sovereign citizens follow a uh, conspiratorial belief system that argues that most Americans are not subject to most tax and criminal laws promulgated by the government. In 2011, the Law Center said sovereign citizens had ideological roots, anti-black racism, but a growing number of Moorish, quote-unquote, African-American sovereign citizens have emerged. By his own admission, Batney, who is black, wrote a letter referencing Moorish groups and a sovereign citizen, Brother Polite, who wrote a book called Real Estate or Legal Fiction. Lackney acknowledged he followed the advice of Tex Mason, a self-proclaimed Moorish national, who wrote a book called Home for Free. Assistant District Attorney Shadi Masri noted in January, Lackney told the judge Thursday that he intends to appeal the conviction. All right. So that's basically the article. And uh, again, you know, there's a couple of things I want to point out. Um, and like I said, I, I, I read the article and it was it was a bit vexing to me uh, for several reasons that I'm going to explain. I won't go too, 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 too deep into it because 
this is one of the ones that uh you know it, it's a, it's just an unfortunate event man you know uh the brother's 22 and like they said you know he first quote unquote committed these acts when he was 19 so you know essentially for 3 years you know he's been going through through this process you know with the courts and and if any of you have ever gone through any type of long term court process even if it's not criminal court it could be civil court you know um that itself is like doing a bid you know sometimes you have different court experiences where 3 years 4 years 5 years you're fighting and battling judges and things like that. And it, it really takes a toll on you. You know, you can't really think about anything else. Sometimes even maybe you, you can't even leave the country. You can't vacation. Your money may be tied up. Your passport may be tied up. You know, so many things that come along with that. So, you know, um, I'm not just counting the two two and one third, seven years uh, to seven years he was sentenced to, to in state prison, but also um, the time that he spent fighting the situation, you know, now there's so much, man. Um, there's so much here, you know, again, for people with ears to hear, right. Um, first reverse, uh, uh, possession, you know, I've studied that extensively because when I first found out about that, I was very interested in it. You know, the idea of being able to, you know, claim, a property that no one has claims on, you know, adverse possession. And it's a very tricky thing to do, almost practically not worth doing. And again, so much here, you know, the brother's 22, young brother, he gets two and one third, seven years in state prison. So he's going to, you know, he's going to probably do, you know, he might do a year in the county, you know, and he's he's going to go to state prison, you know, and he doesn't have a criminal criminal record. So, you know, he he might not know anything about. You know, that type of environment or how to how to be in that type of environment. And, you know, we may sometimes look at now, he, you know, he's eligible for drug program or, or what we call drug court. You know, so if he gets drug court, which he probably will, all you got to do is go in there and say you smoke weed or, you know, you just got to say you're addict or you could say you're a crack addict. Really, crack is the best one to say. Um, anyone <laughs> giving you guys this type of advice, but you know, you find yourself in that situation, tell them you're addicted to crack because crack doesn't stay in your system. So, you know, you can say, yeah, I smoke crack. You know, that was my problem. That's why I got into this trouble. And, you know, it's can't really test you for it like that. So crack is the easy one to use if you ever in a jam and you need to try it and you're eligible for, for drug court. So obviously that's the angle that he's using. He's going to try. Well, he said he's going to appeal the, the conviction, but he'll probably end up copping out the drug court, do a six months. And that is a totally different section of the jail and everything. And uh, he might get out, hopefully. Right. But either way, the, the brother's in jail. Now, you know, one month away from your responsibilities. Imagine some of you not being able to see to your responsibilities for one month, two months. Right let alone two years, you know, you may lose your home, you may lose your family, you know, you're clearly going to lose your job if you have a job, you know, um, just a month or two away. Uh, this brother's got, you know, six months to two and, a, two and a third years to seven years he's looking at in jail. Because also, remember, anything can happen once he's in there. He could go in there and in the first seven or eight months get into a situation, he might get into a fight. And then catch a street charge. He might catch an assault charge. 
while he's in there. And, you know, when you get street charges in jail, you go to court all over again. Just like if you had a fight in the streets or something like that, you know, and he might get time tacked on, you know. So now what could have been two years or two and a third years or maybe maybe even a year and a half, a year and a half and some time in a halfway house now may turn into four years or five years. You know, Rob forbid, I'm not trying to speak that into existence for the young brother, but, you know, once you behind behind those 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 still bars, man, anything can happen. You know, it can turn into anything. You know, so this is just a a, a very sad thing, man. Because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just speak about it from a couple of angles, real quick, man. And you know, and I felt like it was it was worth addressing. I know some of you probably want to, you know, <laughs> it's not what you want to hear about, man. But many of you need to hear about this and know about this because. Um, a lot of times people come to me um, after they take certain advice from certain people and it doesn't work out and now they're in a jam. So then they come to me either for legal advice or for spiritual work, you know, and sometimes they, they put their foot in their mouth so bad that, you know, right now we're just trying to alleviate the damage that's already there, you know, um, but I've told a lot of people, and I'm just going to put it out there just like this, and I know I may get some backlash, man, but it needs to be said because this, this is sad. You know, a lot of people have come to me talking about different, you know, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and so I got this paperwork from this person, that paperwork from that person. Listen, a lot of people running around with that paperwork and running up in, into courtrooms, you know, or administrative hearings, most of the time they ain't courtrooms anyway, but running up into courtrooms, talking to these magistrates, and yelling and, and screaming at them, waving his paperwork in, in their hands. A lot of them are sitting in the feds right now. All right. That's the part that they don't tell you, you know, because the people who are giving you that paperwork are selling you that paperwork or selling you those books. They're not going to court with you. You see, there's, there's a big difference. You know, a lot of times they'll sell it to you like this. They'll say, look, you got this situation. Maybe your home is in foreclosure, this, that, that tell you what, take this, I'm going to write up this paperwork, pay me $1,500 for it, you know, um, and all you got to do is hand this in, tell them this, that, 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 and they can't say anything. That's it. They can't say anything. It doesn't work like that, man. Now, you know, people who are giving you that type of paperwork or selling you that type of cure-all or, or you're going to slam this hammer down and everything's going to be fixed, ask them to come to court with you. Say, if you, you stand behind this so much, Come to court with me so the judge can see your face so you can be on closed circuit television right along with me. Because if this is so powerful, you should have no problem standing next to me. You see what I'm saying? You ain't going to get that. A lot of these people are sitting behind on their computers. They're finding old PDF documents or rummaging through Black's Law Dictionary. And all of that's cool. But they don't have this field experience. What happens when you go up into court and you're presenting that paperwork and the judge tells you, shut your mouth? Shut up. You get surrounded by bailiffs. You know, court officers are dragging you down to the ground. What, what, what you going to do with your paperwork then? So there's so much to it. And I'm not telling you don't study the law or don't use paperwork. I am telling you to study the law, <laughs> you know, and learn your paperwork, man. But you know, you got to understand that there's a spiritual aspect to this, too. So I know exactly what this brother did. And, um, you know, I, I I probably even know what he filed, you know, but you got to understand that. I understand, it. you know, 
We want to be ourselves and we want to do what we want to do, but let's use some intelligence while we're doing it, man. Don't make yourself a moving target. Plain and simple. If you already know right now that like you have the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center, and I heard about I know about them because they're the same ones who raided the um the UPK is Israelite headquarters now on, on one twenty fifth street. You know, um they came and they, they they brought the feds in and the feds found out that, you know, um Tazaria or, or they call him the comforter. You know, basically, where's all his money coming from? You know, he's got all his money coming in, but this is supposed to be a religious organization. So the feds raided him, you know, just like they would be raiding a drug spot and um, ran up in there one day and they lost their um, religious status, you know, their 501c3 status, you know. So um, the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, they, they're, they're looking for people. Like it says in the article, the Southern Poverty Law Center, a civil rights organization that tracks anti-government groups anti-government i mean that's pretty broad right so again I'm, I'm not saying these things for you to be scared or anything like that but just to be intelligent you know because when you start doing certain things like right now they have laws on the books that they're developing around this concept that they call paper terrorism paper terrorism can you imagine that and that's basically when you get pulled over you get in or you get into a jam and you start hitting them with all this paperwork and all these laws, as you're typically advised to do by some of the Moorish groups, by some some of the um, sovereign citizen groups, or sovereign on the land, or free man on the land. There's a, there's a lot of different groups are advise you to do. So now you get put down on the list as a paper terrorist. Well, anytime you got that name terrorist, you know, on your jacket, man, you, you're gonna have some other kind of issues and I'm speaking to you from personal experience. Me even leaving and coming in and out of countries is a difficult thing. All every single time. Every single time. You know, some of you are aware that some of you know about even what was it, a couple of years ago I got detained in Nigeria for, for four for four days in the detention center. You know. Um they didn't even give me food. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. You know, I was just, I was, just, it was just good enough that my, my Yoruba was tight enough that, you know, and they, and, and just, you know, see how the spirits work. I had actually been wearing my chief speeds that day when I was leaving. So when I came through, they said, Oh, you're chief. Oh, Baba. And they gave me, you know, some, some better treatment than what I would, would have normally have gotten, you know, but that's not the first time something like that has happened, man. Um, so the sound has gone out. I see Haru said the sound has gone out. Let's see. Um, anybody else tell me if the sound has gone out. All right. Cause I only see sometimes there's a delay just for one of y'all and it's not for everybody. All right. So just let me know if you don't, if you can't hear me, but, um, so anyway, yeah, man. So I, I'll keep talking to someone that says, they're having a trouble. So, you know, my point is, man, again, this young brother, um, and they got a nice, big old, bright picture of him, you know, online in the article. So, okay, you can hear me. Thank you, Sister Sasha. Appreciate that. Um, cool. Thank you, Shaga. Yeah, man, you know, so there's a couple of things that, that come along with this. So now, the you know, now the brother's got a record. Um you, if you Google his name now, you're gonna see this picture of him. You know, and it, it, this him, him, this picture of him in his in his prison Browns. You know, it's like it's a whole thing that comes along with that man. 
You know, now he's got the jail experiences. He's going to be in there in jail with, with people who have done all different kinds of things, you know, or who are stressed out because they are losing their house or losing their families and, and things like that. And then you got to deal with the COs and all because he was trying to get something, you know, coming into consciousness, studying certain things and finding out that, oh, wow, I can do this and I can do that by people who were shouting and yelling at him, yeah, brother, you could do, you could. Meanwhile, they're not doing it. And he went out there like a sacrificial lamb. Now, you know, it, it's just sad, man. It, it's just really sad. And, and you know, um, like I said, when I read that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll reiterate. Now, one of the things that, you know, one of the charges that he caught, like I said, Latney was convicted of attempted grand larceny, burglary, possessing burglar's tools, conspiracy, tampering with public records, filing false deeds, and falsifying business records. They acquitted him of six counts alleging tampering with public records and false filings. False filings. So if you look at his actual charges, I guarantee you everything that he was doing, he thought was correct. Like he's attempted of, of grand larceny. Well, he, he did a reverse acquisition or adverse, adverse possession on the building. He thought, okay, I could take this building. Burglary, right, because he went into the building, you know, possessing burglar's tools. That could have been anything. I caught that charge once years ago, possessing burglar's tools. Just because some cops one night wanted to mess with me. I'm walking down the street. This is a long time ago. And I back then, I used to always keep like an ice pick in my back pocket or um a screwdriver. Since I was a kid, I always kept a, like a sharpened screwdriver on me, you know, so and I, you know, if I get stopped or whatever, I can always just say, oh, I'm a carpenter or something, you know, and um, they gave me a charge for having burglar's tools because I had a screwdriver in my back pocket. So that, that charge is, that's, that's what we call a BS charge. That ain't even a real charge possessing burglar's tools. You know, they just, they're going to lump things in there. They're going to throw a bunch of things in there, you know, um, conspiracy, tampering with public records, filing falsity. You know, so I guarantee you all this, these things that this brother did, man, he thought he was doing the right thing. And as he was going back and forth to court, I guarantee you whoever he was paying for, for counsel or paying for paperwork, because I bet you he was, they were not going to court with him. They were just telling him each time he went, Yo, just 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 go and say this, man. All right, we're going to file this new paperwork. We're going to do a federal this, that, 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 that. And when you do this, I'm telling you, the judge ain't going to be able to say nothing. Just to, That's how they sell it to you. And I'm telling you, man, it doesn't work like that. So now this brother's sitting, he's, he's on his way to state prison. You see? But like I said, there's a spiritual aspect to it, too, where it's like, well, the money's fake, so... You know, I've had people tell me that before, man, well, the money ain't real, so I'm going to stop paying my rent because the banks aren't real, the money's not real, this and that. Okay, but somebody's labor and effort went into building that building that you live in, and you're jerking your landlord who might just be trying to survive. You know, so this, there's a spiritual thing that happens there, too. It's not as simple as I'm just going to go take this building, you know, this shopping mall, this shopping center, and put a sticker on it and say it's mine. It's, but it's not though. You you know like somebody built that. So you got to sometimes go beyond the. You know sometimes we want that change in our lives, man. But you know we're looking for shortcuts. And you have a million and one people out here who will sell you a shortcut. You know. And again, I'm I'm not. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm not getting on any any one particular person or anything uh, as far as, you know, them selling paperwork, anything like that. But like I told you guys a million times, man, you're not going to win the revolution through bureaucracy and paperwork. It just doesn't work like that, you know. Um, and I, I'll read this part again. In 2011, the law center said sovereign citizens, citizens had ideological roots in anti-black racism, but that a growing number of Moorish African-American sovereign citizens have emerged. By his own admission, Latney, who is black, wrote a letter referencing Moorish groups and a sovereign citizen, Brother Polite, who wrote a book called Real Estate or Legal Fiction. See, man, like, there's so many components to change, man. Even when you're fighting a court case, I'm going to tell you something, man. It's The paperwork is not what wins the case. What wins your case is your spiritual resolve. Now, we know, yeah, these are not real courts. These are not real judges. Um, we know that a lot of, um, quote, unquote, lawyers or, or etern- uh, attorneys, they basically um, disinvalidate them, themselves from, from the process from the very beginning because of certain things they do. We know that here's a simple one. I used to always use this one. Traffic court, you know, a traffic court, you could test out stuff. But I would do this this simple one, and I'm going to go through it real quick. But basically, I would ask the judge, you know, if there was any reason that there could have been any kind of conflict of interest, you know, would, would this still be a valid case? And he said, no, if there's a conflict of interest, there's a problem. So then, you know, long story short, I would say, well, who is the, you know, the prosecution representing? And they would say, well, the state. And I'd say, well, who do you represent? Who do you work for? And they would never want to answer that question, or they would say the state, and or if some who'd be dumb enough to answer and would say the state, and I'd say, well, then doesn't that represent a conflict of interest, right? So some, something simple like that, right? But it's not just the statement; it's not just me knowing that the court officers and the judge are on the same exact team, you know. So therefore, there's a conflict of interest. It's not just me knowing that and being able to say that and making the judge say, Ooh, you got me. Okay. You got me. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. You know, um, see, that's, that's part of that integrationalist mindset where you start to truly believe that there is justice to be found in this place. Like I said, you're dealing with criminal justice systems because at the end of the day, if you get, if you get too brilliant in those environments, you know, then they'll just they'll just resort to mafioso tactics. They'll just get real brutish and say, all right, you know what? We're going to just lock you up for 30 days. Come back and you talk about it later. You see, and you can file your habeas corpus and everything all you want. But, you know, again, ultimately, you're playing in someone else's backyard. And I'm not saying this again for people to be afraid and, and don't use paperwork or don't learn paperwork and things like that, man. But, you know, sometimes people are selling you a dream, man. Sometimes people are selling you a dream. They're, they're profiting off of giving you some BS. And sometimes it goes real wrong to me. And I've seen worse cases than this. You know, but still, it, it's still bad. Man, anytime you got, if you got to go, if, if a, you know, you got to spend a day in jail is bad. <laughs> Two days, you know, this brother's getting strip searched now. And he's young. So it started when he was 19, right? He's 22 now. So, you know, He's got a mother who's involved, you know, his sister who was, who was mentioned in the article, probably got aunties. He's got a lot of people probably crying for him right now. 
Oh, my boy, what's going to happen to my, my baby? You know, is he going to get beat up in jail? Is he going to try to kill himself? You know, you got a lot of people. So it's not just you, but there's a lot of people that are affected. You know, when you when you go through something like that, man, I, he, the brother, young brother may have children. He may have a child or two as well or or, you know, or a woman in his life, man. Everybody is affected because he he took somebody's B.S. You know, so like I said, man, I, I read it. For me, it was just very vexing reading it because I deal with this often. And, you know, I kind of have that rule where um, I don't talk about people in public, you know. Um, but I'll let you all draw your own conclusions, you know, on that one. You know, and there were names mentioned. I didn't throw those names in there. There were names already mentioned in the article, all right? But, um, yeah, man, it, it's so much deeper than that, man. You know, if you want to have a million dollar, because well, it was a shopping, a site for a shopping, yeah, a restaurant, because it started off by saying a quote-unquote sovereign, sovereign citizen who tried to scam ownership of a former restaurant site and colony. So, you know, Cop yourself a restaurant, man. It's, there's easier ways to do this, man. There's tax sales. There's a guy who bought a mall out in, in Pennsylvania. Um, what was this? This is just a couple months ago. An entire mall he bought for $100. You know, something had happened. I, I don't know. Some of some paperwork something. He ended up getting a mall for 100 It was a newspaper. You know, and sometimes you even hear about people buying homes on eBay for ten dollars, and the homes actually turn out to be good homes. Some of them got trees growing in the middle of them, but you know, sometimes you know, so there's, there's all kind of different ways to do this, man. But you know, whether you're dealing with 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 law or whether you're dealing with spirituality or cultural reclamation, man, you, when you got people selling you shortcuts like that, you know, just just be wary, man. And obviously, this young brother. Either he didn't listen, you know, or he didn't have some guidance around him to say, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look at some of the different things that can happen throughout this process, man. You know, um, maybe he wasn't educated enough on the system and how it actually works. And again, I'm going to reiterate, man, I'm I'm not pro system or anything like that, man. I've Some of you know, I've, I've gone through my own battles with the court systems, which is one of the things, one of the things that um, propelled me to even learn more about law and how it works. But like I said, man, it's not just about going and getting some paperwork and some affidavits and then getting a notary and trying to get, you know, the, the, the prosecution or the judge to dishonor themselves throughout the process and, or using your, you know, your commercial codes, you know, your UCC codes and saying, well, you know, technically this is all commercial courts and this is not really even a real courtroom. This is really, we're really on a ship, you know, so really this is maritime law because that's a Moroccan flag. That's not even an American flag. And yeah, I get all, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. All of that's correct. But there's other aspects to it, man. Because if there wasn't, there wouldn't be court officers in the room with guns on their hips. So they're letting you know at the end of the day, because, I mean, <laughs> you, you're looking at a country that was not built upon structure like that. It was not built upon sound logic and reasoning. It was built on brutish tactics and brute force. 
You see? So that's what's present when, when you're going through these processes, man. And sometimes people are not in tune with that, man. You know, and they, like I said, they buy these quick solutions. And it's just, it's just a sad event, man. You know, I don't want to harp on it for too long, but it's just a very sad event um, for this young brother to have to go through. And even, you know, I saw the picture of him, man. He doesn't, you know, he, he looks like a good kid. He's probably a good kid growing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and now he's, you know, he's exposing himself to having to be behind bars because he read somebody's book who's supposed to be righteous or somebody gave him advice who's supposed to be righteous and told him that cer- that certain things were his that are not really his. You see, and like I said, I guarantee you not one of them people went to court with him. And I guarantee you no one's I, I guarantee ain't nobody even going to put anything on his books while he's locked up. I bet you ain't nobody even going to send him, put some money on his commissary. These people who sold him this, this dream or visit him or help him with the appeal paperwork. You know, matter of fact, I guarantee you, if he says, yo, listen, man, I'm just going to do this, this little drug court thing. I'm a cop out to this drug court. Tell him I smoke weed. You know, I got a weed problem. Um, do my little six months and, and get up out of here and, and never look, never look back. I bet you those same people say, no, nah, no, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Cause then you admitting that you did something wrong. No, no, you can fight this thing from inside, you know, because they play games like that, man, because ultimately they're able to still operate under the cloak of anonymity. You know, they're still able to just sit there. They give you the paperwork. They're not going to sign the paperwork themselves. You know, they may write it up for you. You're going to sign this though, you know, and you might not even know their real name. Right. Oh, I just know him as, as, as brother this or sister that, you know, or such and such L Bay, but you the Bay you haven't even documented anything anywhere, or the L you haven't even documented. So you don't even know, you know, how to find these people if it comes down to it. You see. So yeah, man, just be careful. I'm just sharing that for, for all of you listening, man. Um be careful. Yeah, I I see some dialogue in the chat, you know. Um Sister Michelle says, isn't Brother Polite a known scammer stealing people's money? Well, you know, <laughs> those with ears to hear, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you know, you, you just got to be so careful with my position, man, because people are so quick to, oh, we tearing each other down, you know, whenever you express certain things and you know, or you share certain information or you warn people and things like that. But some of you know, privately, I have warned y'all about certain people long time ago. I mean, I do it on the air because, you know, I, like I said, publicly now, I'm not going to say anything against Brother Polite, anybody else. But um, privately, I've, I've put y'all up on what's, what's really going on. I've put you up on the game. You know what I mean? So, and, and at this point, you know, um, got to kind of be able to see things man this is where we, we talk about stepping into your intuitive space you know and, and I, I think for sometimes that's the saddest thing for me when i'm looking and i'm saying y'all don't see this like you, you can't you really do not see this seriously you know this brother like you said he started when he was 19 doing it so i mean he, he, what did he know you know he's 19 he's still a kid you know and he's probably speaking to people who are much older than him and he probably didn't know how to peep game or, or how to look and say, well, wait a minute, man, if, if these people are talking about this is so easy and that's so easy, why they, why they 
why don't they have anything or, you know, um, why are they in certain situations and this and that, or they work in the same job I'm working, you know, maybe, maybe there's something more to this, you know, at that age, you might not know because people can sell you a dream. You know, yeah, brother, you know, you get that storefront, man, and you open up your own market, it's for the people. You know, you open up a liberation supermarket, you know, restaurant for the people, brother. You know, that's your, that's what you're supposed to do, brother. Yeah, man, yeah, these devils going to come after you, man. Yeah, these, that's what they do. That's what these devils do. They came at us in the 60s. That's what they do. You know, they start gassing you up with all that, man. And, and next thing you know, like, you know, like it said in the article, this brother climbing on the roof and breaking into the spot, man, and claiming possession of it might have been living in it. Cause that's one of the ways that people do that too. They live in them for a while, you know? Um, and, and actually that's not illegal. <laughs> you know, if you live in a space or if you maintain it for a certain amount of time, like say if it's an empty field, empty lot next to your home, you can do that, that adverse possession. But th- again, there's a way to do it. Going in and claiming sovereign. First of all, the term sovereign citizen doesn't even make sense. I've seen so many you so many use that word that the term by itself negates itself. You cannot be sovereign and be a citizen at the same time. You can't be a citizen and be sovereign at the same time. So even in, in, in terminology, it, it negates itself. A citizen is a slave to its republic. The word citizen, it means slave or Slav coming from the Slavs, the Slavic people who were the first slaves. Citizen. So you can't be a sovereign person that has, you know, that's able to exercise all the natural born rights of free will and be a slave at the same time. It doesn't make sense. You know, so that's what I'm saying, man. Sometimes people, you know, people are not putting these these young brothers and sisters and I've seen women go through too many, not putting them up on game, you know, so so the game just kind of tramples all over them, man, you know, and I don't know. I just feel for the brother. You know, I, I, I feel uh Really, really bad for the brother, man. You know, to have to go through that. Eight one three, you on the air? Uh, greetings, Icaro Chief. Hey, Carl, good brother. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. You know what? Uh, can you hear me well? Can you hear me well? Yeah, I'm in my car right you, now. You, clear. No, you're good. We hear you. Yeah. Um, one thing that comes to my mind in the, in the whole discussion, uh, especially when we're talking about change this week, is intellectual process. Into uh, critical thinking, the ability to take that information in and use it for your your life purpose, and I think I think that's what kind of goes wrong with the situations at times is that we're we get information from people and um, we don't take the steps to do some critical thinking and then going go into figuring out is this for me. Is this part supposed to be something that I'm supposed to experience? Or, you know, so sometimes you do things that you're not really supposed to do just to get the experience, but at right. the same time, it's throwing you off on your life path, your life purpose. So, you know, I was just wanting to comment on that, that, that the critical thinking and uh, the critical uh, the intellectual process and thought that should go into certain, especially things dealing with law. You know, one of the things I've, I've I've learned from Yusuf, brother Yusuf L, has been that mm-hmm. you gotta live, eat, breathe, excrement, all the all the law. When you when you deal with law, when you step into court, you got it's gotta literally come out your pores. 
Right. And you have to you have you you have to take all of that in, and uh, actually know how to speak and have the have the proper order when you're in court. Because it's theatrics, right? We're playing the playing the playing theater when we go to court. That's so, all it is, theater. Yeah, absolutely. It's theater. So mm. you know, just on that note, I just wanted to put that put that note out. It's critical thinking, and you spoke on that the other day, just being um uh, speaking about uh, disciples, and you said right. disciples have critical thinking skills. They're able to mm. interpret interpret the information and move forward with it. So right. that's all I wanted to do, man. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's having a good day. Yeah, man. Give thanks. Give thanks, man. It's good information. Thank you, brother Omar. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, take yeah. advantage, advantage you before you get all get all blog talk, man. I gotta I gotta get some kind of words out on blog talk before you go. On. <laughs> oh, we got a little bit longer, man. <laughs> we got a little bit longer. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give thanks. Uh, give thanks. All right, brother. Cool. All right, peace. Drive safe. Good day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man, critical thinking. He brings up a good point, man. You know, um, so many are not, are not taught that as young people. You know, that's that's one of the most important things in my household. And it, and it was when I was growing up, too. You know, my father was big on critical. Th- to this, that's all he talked about, that how it need to be taught in school and things like that. So, you know, that was an important part of my upbringing. And, and he was right. As annoying as it was as, as a youth, man, you know, he was right. And I'm sure I annoy my youth with it, <laughs> you know, but um, it'll keep you out of some jams, man. Being able to use your proper reasoning faculties in the moment and, and critical and creative thinking, you know, and maybe this young brother had it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he thought he was warned for maybe he still thinks he's warned for righteous cause because, you know, jail is not the end all be all. I'm not saying because he's locked up now he did something wrong at all you know so let me let me be clear on that man jail is it, it is what it is you know a lot of people go to jail <laughs> you know and it doesn't mean that they they were wrong you know um but i'm sure he wasn't expecting this to go this way you know and like i just said this i'm sure a lot of you don't want to go to jail and you may not realize that that's where this can end up you know, sometimes when people are telling you certain things, and like I said, they're, they're not coming to court with you. There's a reason they're not coming to court, because they're scared. They never stood in, in, in front of them people like that and said, listen, man, this is what it is. Boom, 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 boom. You know, they tell you that behind closed doors and things like that. But when it comes down to it, man, they're not going to tell you that. You know, like what he was sharing about Yusuf El, I, I know because me and Yusuf El have sat, you know, together in a room and discussed this, man, like discussed some of our own war stories of going into courts and, and, and having, you know, for, for personal situations. And sometimes you do get locked up. Sometimes you present the paperwork boom, 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 and they say, all right, look, man, we're going to hold you in contempt. Go do your 14 days. Sometimes that's a part of it. And you have to go in prepared for that. And for some people, maybe, you know, I don't suggest it. You know, everyone doesn't need to go to jail. But, you know, like I said, that, it, that, it's not an immediate admission that the brother was doing something wrong. Like I noticed, Brother Antonio, you said earlier, you read the article and it seemed really criminalizing, you know, the language that was used. Yeah, of course. You know, they they, they, they got to they're going to have to make him into a monster, you know, um, to a degree. But. 
honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he was the criminal in this. I think the people who told him to go do that and didn't really give him the proper guidance on how to do it or lead the way in doing it, I think those are the criminals. And, I, of course, we already know the system is criminal. I mean, we already know that. We don't even have to comment on that. The system is criminal. The judges are criminals. You know, the prosecutors are the, the district attorney. They're criminal. We already know that part. We got that. But this, this, you know, there's a lot of people who swoop in like vultures. You know, when a person is going through a situation, they're going through a foreclosure or a divorce, or you know, maybe even they're having credit issues, or you know, there's a lot of individuals who come in like vultures and start picking off the body. And sadly, some of those people are people who you would consider to be in your own cultural or intellectual or spiritual communities. There's some of the people who swoop in too, you know, and say, well, yeah, brother, come over here, man. This is what you got to do here. Give me $500. I'm going to write this affidavit for you. You're going to claim this or here, give me $3,000. And we're going to, we're going to, you're going to reclaim your status. You're going to do a status correction because those laws don't even apply to you. You see, because, you know, you're, you're technically a prisoner of war. You know, under the Indigenous Treaties Pact, and the Indigenous Treaties Pact was violated. So technically, you're still considered a, a, a prisoner of war if you claim your Indigenous sovereignty. So that means now you're not under constitutional law; you're under Native law. You know, like makes sense. Wow. Okay. And you know, they're throwing all these words at you. Oh, you know. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So just give me the three K. We'll do your status correction. You can claim your true national nationality, and you know, you have to go into your. Own. So it's like. You 18, 19, 20, you 30, 40 years old, and you never heard anything like that, that type of language, and you know that you've been taking consistent L's from the system, and someone comes and shares that with you, it's like, oh, finally some relief. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, you're going to buy into it. But sometimes it doesn't it doesn't end where you, where, you, where you think it might. And, you know, if none of you have ever had that experience, a jail experience, or maybe even had a fist fight, you know, then you may not understand it. This may not be as smooth as they're telling you. I'll give you a small example. All right. It was a situation I, I went through. And it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you know, in the 2000s, you know, um, long story short, this was a, this was a court that was basically sick of me because I was, hitting them with the paperwork crazy, but I'm hitting them with presents, not just paperwork presents. You know, I'm not even mailing my paperwork in through certified documents. What I used to do was walk my paperwork to the court, go up. And a couple of times I got one time, I'm going to tell you something crazy. I'm not going to give the whole background on it because they, you know, they still like to look at me, but I got into the jump, the judge's chambers and put some of my paperwork on his desk. While, while everybody was at was at um was at lunch, I pretended to be a courier <laughs> and put my own paperwork. And I said, "Man, you know," and and it was it was a charge. It was a criminal charge I had placed against him. And uh, they, they were all leaving for lunch, and you know you're not supposed to go into the judges' chambers. And um, there was one woman. She's kind of dizzy, and she was like, "What do you want?" I said, I, I have some paperwork to judge so-and-so. And she said, um, well, he's out to lunch. Everybody's out to lunch. And I said, all right, well, can I just put it on his desk? I, I'm, you know, I'll get out of here. She was like, yeah, well, hurry up. Just go. So I went and put a sticky on it with a smiley face. So, yeah, mother F, you know. But anyway, so <laughs> I said, when he comes home, when he comes back from lunch, he's going to see that. He's going to see I was in your office. I ain't scared of you. 
So, you know, there's, there's different things. And I mean, and this was, I'm facing time on this case for something I didn't do, but that's how, you know, once you target it, see, I didn't know. Sometimes you make yourself a moving target when you're young because you don't know strategy and it sticks with you. So years and years later, you're still fighting those things. You know, they, they still come at you a certain way, you know, because you've made yourself a moving target. And this is what I mean about the intelligence of it all. But I'll give you a little small example of sometimes it ain't even about the paperwork. It's about having that, that spiritual intellect and awareness and critical thinking. I'm in court one time, long story short, same judge because he hated me. And every time I would I would go in there, they would surround me by court officers. That was a thing, try to intimidate me. Because I never sat down in the court. I would stand up the whole time. Then when I would I would darn near race up when they would call me and they would always leave me to last. You know, when I had the whole court would clear out. Then they because they know I'm I'm embarrassed. So call me up, same routine as usual, four officers around me. Whatever. I mean, I ain't worried about y'all. So Basically, long story short, I don't remember how the whole thing popped off, but the sergeant comes, or the court officer, sergeant comes up, and he was like, this guy again, this guy. And I'm like, man, get was short. Get the F out of my face, man. So I'm leaving the court. The judge, and get out of my courtroom, you know, usual. And I'm like, I'm going to leave because I want to leave, you know, but I'm done with you. And, you know, so I'm going, we're going back and forth. I'm not scared of you, you know, and the Sarge was like, I'm I'm gonna knock this guy out. You know, he's like his face is getting red and the and the court officers are acting like they're holding him back from hitting me. <laughs> this is funny to me because it's like, but um, I said it's theater. It's really theater. And if you if you understand that, you know. So I said, Listen, I am not a ward of the state, I'm not an orphan, and I'm not property of this court. So I said, if you put your hands on me, I'm going to break your jaw. And I said it just like that, stood up over him and based up on him. I said, what? Now, go ahead. Touch me. Let him go. Touch me. I said, I guarantee you I'll break your jaw and then I'll walk out of this courtroom. And I said it just like that. And he didn't do a thing. Nothing. And they, he was like, get out of Like, he's yelling, face over it, still going off. I see you yelling, but I see you ain't touch me. So I had, like, my paperwork all spread out on the desk, and I'm slowly packing up. I said, I'm, I'm a, I said when I'm getting ready, I'm packing up. Back up. Slowly packing my stuff up, walk myself out the courtroom. You can't touch me. Now, you see, there was a combination there, though. I'm citing law. I'm not an orphan. I haven't been abandoned. So I'm not a ward of, of this. I'm not a ward of the state. I'm not your property. You can't touch me. So now if you put your hands on me, right, this is that's this is a civil offense. Now, I have all right to defend myself. You don't have any authority. You don't have jurisdiction jurisdiction over me because I'm not a ward of the state. My, I have my my bio, my my biological parents. You know, they didn't give me to the state. They didn't abandon me or anything like that, which would now make me your property. You see, so I'm citing the law, but I'm also making it clear. I will F you up. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. You will get effed up in here. I don't care nothing about your little badge. and your, I'm not scared of your emblems. All right. So so don't forget. Yeah, I, I, I got the, the kufi on and everything like that, but I'm a street dude. You will get hurt. So nobody touched me. The next time I came back, I never forget. 
I'm coming through because you know you got the little security man coming to the courtroom. You got to take your wallet out and everything like that. So one of the court officers was downstairs working the metal detector, and he was like, "Oh, you," and I was like, "Yeah, me." Oh, you. And he was like, listen, I don't even want any problems. I don't want any problems. Here's your stuff. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, so now I become the alpha in their environment. I'm dominating. As soon as he recognized me, he saw the kufi, he was like, man, I don't even I don't even want the problems. Yeah. And because it was a Friday, I was like, yeah, I don't blame you, man. It's, you, you should be ready to enjoy your weekend, huh? He was like, yeah, I, I don't even want it. So I just went upstairs and handled my business. So my point is saying is that these people who may give you this paperwork and stuff, they're not telling you about that part. You see, like they haven't gone through that. They haven't had situations where they're surrounded by four or five court officers and got a judge up there yelling, saying, I'm about to throw you in jail. And the DA saying, throw, him, throw the key away. And, da, 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 and and all over something that you may not have even done. And so you're still fighting for your innocence. But at the same time, it's, you're being threatened with the loss of your liberty. And, da, 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 da. And, and it's not about throwing up some paperwork and saying, here, and I claim myself. It, it's not about that in that moment. There's another spirit that has to accompany what you already know legally. You see, and that's the spirit where you say, listen, man, you little scrubs, you know who I am? Do you know who I've been initiated by, initiated into? Do you, do you like, you're nothing. You're in here trying to steal energy, and I'm going to treat you just like you're nothing for trying to disrupt my life, to trying to disrupt the work that I do for the community. Because that's the only reason why you have me in here, because I'm actually doing community work that's effective. So now I become a target. Oh, you loser, you. <laughs> you know, and that's the mind I would take on. So my, my speech would reflect that. So that's what I'm saying. Who was telling that young brother that? That, listen, man, you do this, you might, you might, you know, they might come at you. They might raid your house. They may come to your job, you know. They may um, contact your children's mother or your parents. They may come and threaten your mother. Who's telling them all of that, man? So that's what I say. It, it, it's sad. It's, it's, it's really sad, man, that um, people are doing that to other people for a dollar. You know, putting them through something like that for a dollar. If I had spoken to that young man, if I knew him, I would have said, listen, man, I, maybe I would have told him some of my own war stories, some horror stories you guys have never heard, never will hear. But maybe I would have shared, say, look, man, this is where it could go. This is what might happen to you. You know, um, now you ask yourself, is it really worth it to take a restaurant that's not yours to begin with anyway? You didn't build that restaurant. You didn't, you know, so you're trying to get this thing for free. And let's look at it logically. Does that even make sense? That you just all of a sudden now you file some paperwork and you take somebody's property. Does that does that make sense? Even if it's um, legal fiction. You know, let's just look at it on a, on a on a good sense level. You know, that's what I would have told the young brother. Man, man don't do that, man. It's, there's other ways to do this, man. And there's other ways you can still work the law and at the same time do it intelligently and not make yourself a target. Because once you're a target, every time you walk in the court, they're going to surround you with court officers. Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> and then if you have parents who are sitting back watching this, they're terrified. They're scared for you, you know. Now you're putting your mother through all kind of stress, man. Your father may mess around, have a heart attack behind this, you know. 
Is it is it really there's other ways to to fight more intelligent ways to fight to get our point across and to do what it is that we came here to do, man. You know, so. Yeah, like I said, man, you know, it's it's rough. And I understand, you know, when you're in those situations and and um, you're you're being threatened with the loss of your home, whether it be through foreclosure or or someone has trumped up both um, bogus and fictitious charges on you. I've been through that, you know, or um, man, some of you go through it even with child support, family court. You know, I've gotten a lot of calls on that one, too. You know, that that's a rough one, too. You know, you're not able to see your children, but yet and still, they, <laughs> you know, you get your, your paycheck is getting broken down to nothing, you know, um, and, and they might be locking you up every six months for late payments and and, and everything like that, man. And, you know, then someone pops up and says, well, look, just file this, file that, da, 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 and you'll be out of it. Doesn't work like that. I had a situation last year. I helped um, a brother with, he he was 70 something thousand dollars in arrears on child support. Um, well, according to the system, he actually was paying the sister and the sister didn't even file the, 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 the paperwork. He, he has eight children with her. And um, and they were fine, you know. She they actually split up. She had two more children after him, and he takes care of all ten. He's always done that because the other fathers wasn't really about much. So he said, "Man, I can't buy things for my children, and these other two are sitting there. I just wouldn't feel right doing that." So he would give to all of them, you know, um, you know, to each their own. <laughs> But um, so she had into some type of program or something for the city. And you know, when you do that, they they ask questions. So they ended up the city ended up filing paperwork against him. And she even came to court the first time and said, I don't want child support from him. I'm fine. And they were like, well, it, it's not your choice, basically. So I helped him with the paperwork and I killed the whole situation. I'm not going to say how I did it, you know, because every situation is different. And sometimes you might listen to how I say how I got him out of his child support situation. And you say, well, I'm going to file that, but it may not work for you. And so I'm saying you got to be spiritually in tune too. But long story short, but I got him down from 70, I think it was like $76,000 to $340. And that was for one child. There was a situation that happened where she had to go to the doctor at one point and he did sign some paperwork. Long, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but so they were able to prove what they wanted to prove, but only with the one child. So he was like, well, we could not. So I said, we could actually fight that one, too. But I was like, listen, man, give him the $340, man. And, and, and let's get up out of here, <laughs> you know, because he had been going back and forth for a while, taking days off work. I said, you know, you, you make that in a day. So, you know, just just they took the We won. We beat them. They took the L. But, you know, they got to get something. They got to poke you in the eye on the way out. Basically, so just give them that and let's let's keep it moving. But 76 grand, man, you, you, you're done. They're out of your face forever. You know, this thing has been dismissed with prejudice the way the way I had set it up. So. Sometimes you're not taught that by those people who are writing those books and stuff that, you know, it, it, it's a game. You're told, no, just go in there, say this and they got to get out your face. You know, so they may say, no, don't pay that $340. You ain't got to pay that either. But it's about using wisdom, man. It's a time for righteousness and it's a time for wisdom. You know, sometimes you, you, you might say, all right, well, you know what? I, I'll, t- I'll take that. 
that L because ultimately I'm here because I didn't do something correctly to begin with. Maybe it was that I got birth certificates for my children or, hey, here's one. And I did say this to him at one point. He didn't like it. (laughs) Maybe it's that I didn't maintain a relationship with a woman I had eight children with. No matter how you look at it, there's something wrong in that. I mean, that's that's my man. I love him. But, you know, um, so there's going to be some type of karmic something behind that. So, yeah, you taking care of two children that ain't yours and the fathers don't even like you. Um, you know, you got you have eight, eight, eight youth with a child with a, with a sister. And they, they were together since high school. They were together forever. You know, where you going to go after eight children? <laughs> you know, where, where you going to go after that? Where's she going to go after that? You know, eight children, you know, so. Hey, man, you know, and I kind of shared that with him. I said, you know, this is deeper than what these people are trying to say about you. This is deeper. There's some other things here that you need to take into account. And um, you still gonna, you're going to pay for some of those things, man. And he didn't like it at first. But later, you know, he called me. He was like, man, I thought about it. He was like, I didn't like what, what you said because we were leaving the building when I brought that up. I, I think it, I think the wound was still too fresh at the time. And and I said, hey man, you know, <laughs> and but later he he was like, yeah, I, you know, I I I do understand where you're coming from on that one, man, and I do think about that sometimes, man. Sometimes I felt a little guilty, you know, and I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you paying for it, you know, just in the stress of it all, man. So buyer beware is basically what I'm saying, man. When it when it comes to getting that paperwork and stuff like that. And, and dudes are talking about just just beware, man. There's there's no there's no shortcuts to liberation. You got to put the work in work in, and as long as you function out, out out of somebody else's backyard, um, as long as you're doing that, man, you know there's gonna be some degree of compromise. You know, it may be the three hundred and forty dollars, it may be the brother copping out to drug court now and doing six months, even though he might know, well, listen, I studied the law. I was not wrong. Yeah, you weren't. But this isn't the land of right and wrong. You're not there, man. You know, so I understand you sticking to your principles and your idea. And that's cool. And he might say, no, you know what? I'm a dude all the time because I cool. Like if that's where your principles lie, no problem. You know, I'm, I'm with you there too, you know, but, um, at some point, you got to learn strategy, man. You got to learn how to well move in a room of vultures, right? We spoke about that. You know, you, you have to kind of learn how to move around those serpents and those snakes without getting bitten. And that means that sometimes you may have to disguise yourself in snakeskin. You know, um, one one of the key things, and I brought this up to to someone yesterday in a consultation. If if anyone, if any of you have ever read the the Prince, which is very um, very good book, you know, by Nikolai Machiavelli. Um, there's, there's, there's a key point that he says in that book. You know, he says a lot of things in the book. It's, and it's not a it's not a long book. You know, it's it's, it's, it's a short book. But um, and I, I I read it a long time ago. I, I read it more than once because when I first read it, uh, I didn't really I didn't really pick up everything. I picked up some things, but I didn't I didn't pick up all the things that I that I could have picked up in it. So I went back and, and read it again afterwards. But, you know, from Niccolo Machiavelli, you know, the, the, the book, The Prince, man, one of the, the key things that stuck out in 
the book was that he spoke about removing yourself from the the addiction to being good, you know, the addiction to being righteous at times and recognizing and studying the techniques and the, and the motives of your enemies. Because essentially, um, <laughs> and I remember I came under fire for this once. I, I wasn't paying attention to it, but I was like, yeah, man, y'all need to study the gay community. I said that. People were like, what? Chief, Chief might be down low, you know. And I'm like, all right, watch your mouth. <laughs> but because um, I'm saying you're looking at a community that has grown tremendously, you know, and they're not a large community, very, very similar to the Jewish American community. They're a very small community. They look huge. But, you know, the, the majority of the, of the Jews in America live between New York and New Jersey. Just two states. I mean, yeah, you have Jews in California, you have Jews in Florida, but they're concentrated between New York and New Jersey. It's not like they're spread all over the U.S. and Texas and Montana and Arkansas. You know, of course, you're going to have Jewish people, but, you know, they're not as large, but they control so much. It's just like the homosexual community is not a huge community, but they focus on the quality of membership over quantity of membership. So, yeah, they, they're running the media. <laughs> you know, they're in political positions. You know, um, they recruit amongst athletes and entertainers very, very early on to make their communities look huge, which has been effective. Been effective. And, and they don't take any disrespect. They don't even take any fake disrespect, even when you're not disrespect. If, if you even kind of like the Jews, you know, if you even say anything that resembles something that they don't like, they they on you, you know. So I, I was saying, I was like, maybe study those community. You want to learn about community building and things like that and, and developing a political power base. Look at those who are doing, even if you don't agree with their ideology, you know. So with Machiavelli, he he, he speaks about that to a degree where basically He's saying that if you have an enemy and this person is, is an effective enemy against you, then they're, in a basic sense, they're using weaponry that works against you, that's able to subdue you. So ultimately, you need weaponry that's just as strong, if not stronger, as theirs is. So just give you a small example. Let's say if, if you're going in, in battle with your enemy and you're using copper for your weapons, but your enemy is using iron, right? And you just find that they're just running through your infantry every single time because their weapons are stronger. Then it would behoove you to learn about ironsmithing and use iron weapons against them. You see, instead of saying, well, we use copper because it's, it's, it's healthier for the environment and they use iron and they're wrong to use iron, but meanwhile, they're tearing you up. You see, so Machiavelli, he kind of he, he speaks about that um, learning to be effective over being righteous or over being good, quote unquote, or living a good life, but striving more towards, uh, you know, efficacy. So um, sometimes, again, like I said, w when you're when you're inside of an environment that is not the healthiest of environments, you know. Uh, it's important and, and it's vital to kind of look at well, what's really going to work, what doesn't work, aside from just being right. You know, righteousness and having that leaning and that inclination because the universe lends towards light or lends towards what is right. So that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. 
but you know it's it's almost like the islamic saying you know um tie up your you know pray to allah but tie up your camel you know so it's like just because i pray to allah doesn't mean that someone's not going to steal my camel or my camel's not going to run i'm still going to tie it up you know that it's not going to run away so you know you you're basically covering multiple bases you know and um like I said, buyer beware, man, when you come in and you're looking at some of that stuff, you know, or you're looking at um, a system or an environment that's coming at you one way and you're addicted to to your peace, love and happiness vibration and thinking that that's going to overcome all or love will overcome. This ain't no pe- no fake Pepsi commercial, man. You know, Pepsi activists where you're you going to give a, a man with a machine gun a Pepsi and everything's cool. No, you know. <laughs> you're going to have to learn at some point to um, maybe not necessarily fight fire with fire, but get enough water to douse your enemy's fire, you know, understand and study the weaponry of your enemy, you know, responsibly in a responsible way. So that way you can confront it properly, you know? So like I said, it's a lot of things in that book that you could check out. It's just, it's a good little, good little read, you know, um, but it's called The Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. You know, good good one to check out to to uh just just understand a little bit more of what I'm talking about in that sense. But um I'm gonna read some of these comments. Let me scan through. And then I'm I'm gonna, we're gonna go into it. So Vivid Eye Publication says I was a member of New Covenant for a minute. They have a process to establish trust and whatnot, but it just doesn't seem proper. The following process was completely different. Mm. And no comment. <laughs> um, Sister Nicole, wait up, is the other Nicole here? Because the other Nicole ain't here. You know, I ain't messing with you, Nicole. Uh-oh, your twin ain't here. I don't know. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little rhythm today, even though your twin ain't here. But um. So Nicole says, thank you, Chief, for bringing up this subject. I have had this conversation with people and transition from citizen to sovereignty. And when I bring up these court situations, they get silent. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, that there's your red flag, right? There's, there's your red flag. You bring up the court situations, they get silent, right? I'm not surprised. I've seen that before, too, myself. When I've brought up court situations, they start pulling out YouTube videos. Well, look at this brother here. This bro- I got my own YouTube video. Some of you have probably seen it. I know how nosy some of y'all are. But, you know, so, yeah, you're right. Um, Roxanne Bowen says, this is unfortunate. At this age, one is looking for guidance and sometimes a quick a get a quick get rich fix. Right. Yeah, because, like, the brother was 19, you know. So, yeah, he probably figured, I'm going to get this restaurant. He probably thought this was going to be his business. I'm going to get this restaurant and we're going to do this, that, 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 and I don't even have to pay for the restaurant, you know. Um, and now, look, you know, now, now he's got a jacket, you know. Um, Sister Michelle said, Richard had the chance to stand his ground to the judge respectfully, and, and all they did was ignore him and dismiss him, right, because you're dealing with a beast. Sometimes we forget that. Like I said, you're just dealing with beasts, gremlins, and goblins who broke into the wardrobe closet. They figured out how to put suits on and high heels and, and mini skirts. Cause you know, them female DAs, they always wear them little tight mini skirts. You know, they basically the, the, the sluts in the whole, of the whole environment. You could tell everyone's banging them. You know, that's how they get favors on their cases, you know, and, and those, 
those male um, attorneys a lot of times. You can tell they, they um, those type of dudes, man, go somewhere, get tied up, man, get balls stuffed in their mouth and, and candles stuffed up their booty on their lunch break. You know, you you could just see them, man. You could see, you know, the, the decrepitness, you know, in, in all of them. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Roxanne said, I went to court with, with my son when he was 15 for an alleged fight, and the first thing they wanted him to do was to take a plea. Right. Who am I pleading to? Think about that. I got into a fight, which, first of all, is not even criminal. That's a civil offense. So why why is it even a plea? <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm saying. There's so much that that's wrong a lot of times, and and the way these things are done, man. That um, without knowing the basics of it, you know, we end up in some really bad situations. You know, I if I get if I tomorrow I, I'm out somewhere, I get into a fight with a person, right? Person walks away, cops see it, they lock me up. Now I got a case. What's it going to say on my paperwork? It's going to say the state of wherever I am. Let's say I'm in, I don't know, Maryland. The state of Maryland versus me. I didn't get into a fight with the state. I got in a fight with a person. Okay? So the state is not a biological entity. I didn't damage the state. I didn't punch the state in the face. And if I did, then I'm allowed by law to stand in front of my accuser. So somehow you're going to have to figure out how to get the state in a seat. And I need to talk to the state. I need to get medical records from the state. I need a criminal criminal record from the state. I need gender from the state. I need height, weight from the state. Because this is the one who's pressing charge. This is a biological entity. If it's not a biological entity, then what are we even doing here? This is a civil offense. And the only one who can press charges there is the person that I actually hit. You see, so a lot of times, man, you know, this is the metaphysics of it all. <laughs> a person creates a fictitious situation and they start telling you that you're a defendant or telling you that you're the obligor and you take on that charge. That's alchemy. They're changing your very nature. All rise for the honorable. The honorable titles of nobility were outlawed in this country. That's, that's against the law to call anyone your honor or to call anyone esquire. That's actually illegal in this country. So what they do, as soon as you come into the courtrooms, they make you break the law, right? So you're already wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real whole slick metaphysical thing, and you got to really peep it. All rise for the honorable. All right, you may be seated. Well, who gave you authority over if I can sit or stand? You know, and then there's a separation between church and state, but right above the judge, what does it say? In God we trust. All right, now I'm confused. Are we in a religious environment or we are in a legal environment? And of course it's a religious environment because why else would you be wearing a robe? Huh? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, learning the law, man, is is deeper than just grabbing someone's paperwork and then using it and, you know, Sister Roxanne, yeah, this, this is important. This is not a unique situation. I have been scammed for lots of money by an Orisha priest when I was young. It was not wise and knowledgeable. That's why I wrote Grasping the Root of Divine Power, because I was tired of that happening. I was tired of getting those stories of people getting scammed by these fake Babalaos and Ianifas, man. You don't need to be scammed by them. Putting the information right in your hands. 
Marva says, Chief, as recently there was a young black woman with two children on Facebook going all crazy with a gun in her hand. Someone sold her a property that she found out it was on the demolition list. Woo! So I'm guessing you're saying she had a gun in her hand waving it at the construction workers. Yeah, that actually is... Mm, yeah, I don't want to talk about anybody. But yeah, that that is actually something that someone and the quote-unquote conscious community has been accused of a lot, selling properties that he did not own to people, you know, or that were scheduled for demolition. I, I've actually heard of that one before. Um, not that, that particular situation, but, you know, that scenario. <sighs> yeah, man. You know, a lot of this is about uh, preventive Maintenance, man. Brother Byron says there is a Jamaican saying, not all skin teeth is a laugh, right? I've heard that one. You know, meaning not everyone who smiles with you has your best interests at heart. Right. So, you know, the the thing is, at some point, um, you have to learn some of the preventive maintenance of it all. You know, um, some of the things that we do ahead of time, like when you have a baby, how do you have a baby? You know, um, when you build a house or you buy land, how do you do it? How do you set it up? Are you using trust and, and th- things like that? Or where do you set up your land? You know, is it an extremely hostile environment that you're choosing to pop your family down in the middle of? You know, I've given this little cursory solution before. It ain't new, you know. Um, have your family, your, your, your you know, wife slash wives and children outside of the country where it's less hostile and you come here and work and get your money. Like so many other brothers do, man. They they leave their families in Kenya or Nigeria, you know, or Mexico, and then they come here and they work and they keep their, their, their loved ones where it's safer. You know, you talk about preventive measures, you know, but, but constantly, make, again, making yourself a target and, and unnecessarily going against the beast, it just wears you out. And that's really their game, to wear you out. That's what sometimes you'll go to court for nothing. You'll go to court one day, oh, it's adjourned. What? I took off work, everything. You couldn't tell me before to, before right now? Okay. So they wear you out. You go next time, they say, okay, what's your name? Where do you live? Okay. And then they'll whisper, whisper, whisper. All right, we're going to convene again for another conference on such and such. You mean I just came here for that? I took off work again. You know, have to get a babysitter this or whatever, you know. So they just wear you out, keep the calendar going. As long as that calendar is nice and filled up, they get their salaries, you know. So they just wear you out, wear you out. You say, you know what, forget it. Let me just take the plea. You know, let me let me just take the plea. You know, so, man, um, there's so much to this, man. Sister Lakeisha says, I'm a paralegal corporation and business specialty. Yes, every law is illegal, like Bob Marley says. Yeah. There's so many different laws. (laughs) There's so many different laws, man. And like I said, again, sometimes we we tend to overcomplicate uh, our lives with a lot of extra and, you know, um, and continuous uh, law experiences because, again, we don't do the proper we don't do the proper maintenance ahead of time. You know, we, we don't do the things that we're supposed to do in terms of how we're living our lives or how we're raising our children. So we end up in a lot of situations that we need not be in. Um, 
I've spoken about that even with the police killings. You find that certain people are not popping up on the radar for these killings. You know, like I said, I have yet to see a roster in any of these of these killings or a Hebrew Israelite or a member of the nation of Islam in any of these, these getting killed, shot down in the street killings. And and again, I'm not saying that that is the solution to to end white supremacy, racism, and police brutality. Just become a, a roster a member of the nation of Islam. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but but what I am saying is that um, sometimes we're just not aware or in tune of in tune of, of how much we put ourselves in the path of danger because of an absence of culture or like an absence of doing things a certain way, or doing things the right way. And when those things are introduced, sometimes we're very offended by it. You know, sometimes we're, we're really offended at, at the thought. Like when I said, you know, some people were like, yeah, gee, I don't, you know, they didn't like it. When I say yeah, women should be walking by, down the street by themselves. Now, you may not understand the multi layers of that of that statement that I made when I, or when I said that, yeah, women at a certain age being single is indecent. It's a certain way of thinking that you have to learn to take on to understand that statement, to understand what's being said to you, you know. A woman walking down the street by herself. Forget a woman, a female. So not just an older one. I'm talking about even 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Young girls should not be walking down the street by themselves, ever. Now, she can be accompanied by a young another girl or by a boy, you know, or by a man. I told some of you about Sons of Sankofa, which was the earlier, um, one of the earlier um revisions of what later became Anu. But one of the things that I had instituted was a system. It was really cool. This is, it was so cool that it was, it it was clearly inspired by the ancestors because I don't usually come up with stuff this cool, but um, I had this, this thing that I had established was a system of accountability between the different components because it was a rite of passage program, but I had a bunch of different like, after school and Saturday Academy programs that I, that we were doing, like African dance, of course, martial arts, you know, music, um, computers, yoga. We had we had chess. I had developed a chess club. Um, I had a bunch of stuff, right? But um, ultimately, you know, um, ultimately, the way I set it up was that each component had to serve the other component based on their proven ability. So like one of the places where we where we work is most of my programs were in the city. So I had this thing that when the sisters, when they did their African dance, whatever day we had, because they didn't have it every day, but whenever African dance was, the brothers from the martial arts program used to have to escort them to the train. Some of them even had to walk them all the way home, you know, but that was a part of being in my program. If you didn't do that, you couldn't be in the program. And the same instance when the brothers got their belts, you know, when they graduated, because I, I used belts and then I used T-shirts as a system. I had different systems of, of advancement. Um, at one point, I was using E-Days. Yeah, the same E-Days that you get when you get initiated and you get your, your Arumila or your Ogun or your Oshun E-Days. I was using that instead of, of belts. But um, just trying just trying to bring them into their own paradigm, you know? Just trying to, because the Asian thing is cool, but it, I was like, yo, you ain't an ancient Asian. I didn't even allow him to bow to me. I mean, don't be bowing to me. And don't call me sensei. We ain't doing none of that. <laughs> you know, um, we have our own culture. We have our own way we do things. But it, in any of it, w- what I'm saying is that um, 
so they were now responsible. So even when they would get their, their, their graduations, the sisters would come and dance. And the people from the music program, they would come and, and, and rhyme or play music or whatever. Most of them, they were rappers because everybody, you know, nobody. I had like maybe it's a couple, a couple of you could play an instruments, but mainly they all, they all rapped and all the girls, they sung, you know. But either way, they would have to come and, and perform for the people who were, you know, and vice versa. Everyone kind of, it was, a, it was an interlinking. And um, it took me a minute to design it and to really get it going where they were taking that serious. They were, you know. Um, but you know, that, that's a, a part of that as well. You know, when, when you start to learn that, um, there's that, when you start to do some preventative stuff, that some of this stuff doesn't even come into play. So like, even when I say something like, nah, women shouldn't be walking down the street by themselves. Mm-mm. What kind of society is anything could happen to her? Anything could happen to a woman. Walk- and I'm saying here, now if we back home, we in a village environment. It's our community. Yeah, it's different. But here, women, a female, a young girl, whatever, should never walk down the streets by herself. A woman should never be without a covering. Should be single after, well, after she leaves her father's house. Period. After she leaves her, her pop's house and she doesn't have his covering, she should not be uncovered because we live in a society of wolves. What's going to happen? She's going to get towed up. She's going to buy a house that's scheduled for demolition because she's the world sucker. Everyone's going to play her out because she's receptive, meaning she's gullible. She's going to accept anything. Oh, this is okay. Okay. She's, she's, you know, a little bit more trusting like that. So they should be covered. So all the ones who are out here wailing and like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing, yeah, you making a mess. Y'all always make a mess. Every time. And the ones who got offended when I made that statement, because someone reached out to me, I don't understand that. You you understand it. You just didn't like it. Just say that. You understand? Could you explain that further? I don't need to explain it further. You understood exactly what I said. It's indecent for you to be alone. And it's, it's an indecent sign of an indecent culture. You see, for you to be single after a certain age. Um, it's indecent for you to... It's indecent for you to to not have a mate or to walk down the street. Because what does that say about the culture that you're a part of? It's just like when you see a, a, a elder. I see this sometimes, and I usually try to stop or whatever. But whenever I see elders at bus stops, it does it does something to me. You know, I always pull over. Hey, you need a lift? <laughs> you know, I'm always look at that and say, you must got some raggedy grandchildren. But, you know, I don't say it out loud, though I probably have at times, but. How are you going to be 70, 80 years old? It's raining outside and you got a bunch of groceries at a bus stop. What the heck is that all about? Where's your children? Where's your grandchildren? Where's your neighbors? You know? That's indecent. That's, an, that's another indecent. It's indecent. You know? So, yeah, man. I, I know people hear that from me and they, they think I'm crazy, but there's a bigger picture that I'm speaking to. If 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 one thing is in place, man, it's like a puzzle piece. So many other things will fall into place. Like I said, the structure that I created with my youth and you know and, and my programs and and mind you, at one point Sons of Sankofa had over six hundred members. You know, six hundred members and thirty five adult facilitators. So let's just take the youth. You got six hundred youth 
who are practicing that system. I saw whenever people ask me how many children I have, I always say hundreds. Because really it's hundreds that still come by, Baba this, Baba that. Come, They sleep over sometimes. You know, now a lot of them, they're older, they're in their 20s and stuff. But, you know, um, so many that have come up through my system and have never seen anything like that ever again in their life. But they got it. They got those foundations. They got it. It's with them. You know, they want to go start their own system. They say, well, this is how, you know, I came up from. We had this type of structure and we had to look out for each other. And Baba, you know, Baba Haru wasn't going for it. Like, you know, you get kicked out of the program if you don't, you know, and the way I had set it up to the brothers who used to walk the sisters to the train, they couldn't talk to them. That was one of the rules. They could not talk to them. So there would be one brother in front of the sister, one brother or sisters and one brother in back. And the rule was you could not say anything. So they're silent. So it wasn't it wasn't walking them and like, you know, trying to mack to them or anything like that. You focus on your job. Get them to the to the train safe or get them to the bus stop safe or walk them home. And then you bring your butt back. And I want to report. And that's how we, we did it. I did that for years, man. Like, man, maybe over 10 years. Wait, no. Yeah. 2000, 2002. I started doing that to 2000, maybe 10. So no, like eight years we had that going, you know? So um, imagine how many things that staves off later. None of those youth are going to be climbing up in the buildings trying to do an adverse possession. It's just not. Um, Sister Lakeisha asked a question, said, I've read your book and studied it. I'm single mother and my, my son is 23 and disabled. I want to leave the country, but I'm just scared because it's just us. Can a single black woman realistically go back home and be safe? Nope. A, a single black mother can't be safe here. A single black mother is safe nowhere. I know. Thumbs down. They're coming. <laughs> no, you need a covering. No. Mm-mm. You should be asking, how can I not? How can I stop being a single black mother? That's the question. That's what you should be working on. No, you're not. You're not. You're not safe. You got a disabled son, and it's you. So when somebody, you know, climbs through the window, what do you do? Or if somebody's, if five people decide they want to break into your spot, what you gonna do? No, you're not safe. You're not safe anywhere. All right. So you got to fix that first. And I know there's a lot of people that disagree and will tell you something different, but look outside. Look at your community. You know I'm right. Mm-mm, you need a covering. Straight up. You need a covering, man. So, you know, so, And I'm not saying you're doing a skit. Like you, you mentioned yesterday in the show that you're new to all of this. You just started studying, so you're a newbie. So I know a lot of this information may be a little bit shocking to you, you know. But um, nah, man, you, you need a man. Straight up. All of you sisters who are on here, single and trying to make it work without a man it ain't gonna work you need a man you need a covering not just to protect you and you know to keep you from from getting attacked and stuff like that. that's part of it but also to give you that guidance to make sure you're making right moves and and i'm gonna tell you this going back home as a woman is rough it's rough let me let me give you a little heads up on that because it's not like over here you you're not you're not getting up in no man's face talking crazy back home and when i say back home on the continent 
you're not doing that. They they don't you might get smacked and nobody's gonna say it's different over there. It's different rules. You know, over here it's remember we're we're feminized and through Willie Lynchism, you know, the black female has been empowered to have dominance over her her natural mate. So the society supports your your out of pocketness. Back home it's not like that. And I've seen it. I'm almost about to share another article with you, but I'm not. You know, women were literally killed behind this. Literally. Chopped up and put in the graves. This wasn't that long ago. This is maybe this happened right last time I was home. A year or two ago. But anyway, um, back home, no, nah, man. You go there, you try to buy some land or build something. They're going to ask you, where's your husband? You know, certain conversations they don't want to have with you. Certain conversations they want to you know, talk to talk to your your man. Like, bring your husband back. <laughs> you know, and I don't talk to you about certain things. Or if you're building a home, let's say if you you go back home, you buy a piece of land. You know, and you say, okay, now I want to build on it. You know, them workers ain't gonna listen to you like that, man. They'll listen. They'll make you think they are, man. But they'll be stealing your supplies and all kind of stuff, man. You know, you you need a man who'll come through and. Um, we'll put the hammer down, you know, and, and that sense, man. So, you know, certain societies, um, you just got to understand that, uh, I'm sorry, I was just doing something in the chat room real quick, but, um, certain societies, man, you just got to understand that they're a little bit more healthier than how our societies operate. Our society here operates and they expect they expect natural normalcy. You see, now it's not to say that there are not single women back home or single men, but when you even got a single woman back home, their uncle or their brother is not, or their, even their father is doing a lot of the navigating for them. You know, I'll show you something just as simple as this. Right here's a simple thing. My my youth, I have I have children in, on the continent. When it's time for them to go to school and do certain things, right, they can't go do those things by themselves. Like, like let's say one of my youth, you know, he may have to, um, he, he's going to high school, he's going, he's going to university, let's say high school, right, and he has to pick up the sign-in forms, you know, because you, you, they have to apply. It's, going to high school back home is almost like going to college here. So you have to get the paperwork to apply. They can't just go to the school, to the office, and say, because you have to buy the paperwork. Everything over there is real funny, but you got to buy the the applications. You know, every, even like for one little piece of paper, like photocopy copy paper, you got to buy it. You know, and they'll stamp it to know, you know, so you can't just photocopy it yourself. But um, they can't just go to the desk, even if the money is in their hand, and say, I want to buy the forms. I need, I need my forms. They won't give them to them. Is there any law on the books? No, it's no law. It's just no. They, they won't. It's almost like here, like a child trying to go and buy cigarettes. They'll say, "Oh, how, how old are you? Oh, I, I'm 17 or I'm I'm 18. We, uh, come come back. Bring bring your senior brother. Bring your senior brother. You know, bring this. Bring that. You know, they're not gonna let you do that. You know, or or, or bring your uncle." Even if they'll go and say, because in, in certain regions I'm known, so they may say, oh, Baba Ru, Baba Ru to me. Oh, Baba, okay, Baba, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, 
have Baba come. When 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 when, when will Baba come to get the form? You know, they shut it down right there. <laughs> you got to go with them. This could be a seven. It could be an eighteen, nineteen year old old child. But no, that's not how we do things here. Your child is going to school. You come with them. You get the forms with them. You see. You might even have to bring them back with them, depending on how the headmaster is acting that day, you know, or who's going to be in the office that day. We're not used to stuff like that here. <laughs> you know, we send our child, here, go, here's the money going, just because transactions are very cold here. It's not like that back home. And it, different things are expected in that sense, man. So, you know, even as it relates to your relationship, man, um, no, nah, some of that stuff that you're just used to here, it's, it's not going to work for you back home man it's just not gonna work so stop being single and you say okay so she says i'm not single but probably will be soon once i start talking about consciousness uh-huh i have a man and a woman oh so you don't need to go back home keep your butt here um no one no one conscious in my circle my ex-husband is initiated but i don't love him mm. Do you think people have one true love? I feel you, Chief. I found that I needed a man for a project at home I'm building. All right. There's too much there. (laughs) You got a man and a woman. So you definitely don't need to be going back to Africa. Keep that American stuff in America. And your ex-husband initiated, but I don't love him. So what? People have one true love. You better stop reading them fairy tales, woman. Stop watching them Disney cartoons. You got a disabled son. You better start looking at the things that you need and stop looking to try to get uh, butterflies swirling around in your stomach. You know, this is deeper than that. You know, come on, man. It's nah. So there's some stuff already wrong from, from, from the beginning already there that, uh, you know, you need to clean that up first. (laughs) You need to clean that up first because a good man ain't going to mess with you with some of that, some of the way you're thinking, you know. Um, Diana Williams says, true, just go to get your car fixed and you have to worry about vultures, right? Something as simple as that. A woman going to a mechanic shop, cha-ching, there's dollar signs in the eyes, man. You know, or a woman calling a contract, contractor over to get something fixed. And a lot of you sisters have been fooled by your husband, I mean, by your father's. I hear that one all the time, man. You know, well, my daddy taught me how to do this work. I know you don't know what you're doing. Some of you fathers fool your daughters like that. Man, you got to stop doing that mess. My daddy taught me how to work on cars. Yeah, right. Ain't met one yet. They always say that, you know, and then you say, okay, well, you know how to do this? Change the alternator in and out. Well, no, I mean, he told me how to check the oil and check the tire. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot more going on than that, <laughs> you know, they ain't, they ain't about nothing much. Now, that's good. He, you know, I did the same thing for my youth. You know, made sure that, you know, if you're driving and, you know, something happens, you know, you can do some basic checks, you know, or, you know, even how to change a tire if it comes down to it. But that doesn't mean you know how to work on a car or because your pops may have had you paint a room one day doesn't mean that you know how to work on a house. You know, you know how to deal with, with putting up drywall or, or leveling a floor and, you know, or, or whatever, or, or doing masonry work. Now I do know some sisters, especially from the islands, sisters. I know some sisters who can do some show enough masonry work, know how to build cinder blocks and everything, you know? So, I mean, different environments, you, you'll get different things, man. But, um, 
let me just say this. A man is more than a job assignment. So that idea too, like, yeah, I need a man to come in and fix my house or fix my car. We ain't coming around for that. We're, we're not going to show up for that. <laughs> you know, uh, so just keep that, especially after a certain age, man, nobody, nobody just wants to be your mule. You know, so just keep that in mind. Yet yeah, it's an unspoken thing that maybe there may be certain things. Um, but at the same time, just recognize that, um, you know, we also want to be respected. And sometimes because of the society that we live in, you know, men were only seen seen as work workhorses. Come here and do this and come here and do that. But then we don't get the respect of the person who's doing all of that. So I, I meet a lot of sisters. There's the other Nicole. OK, now now the uh, the dynamic duo. Now, now we can <laughs> the Wonder Twins can activate their powers now. But, um, yeah, so, you know, just just keep that in mind as some of you are speaking about that, man. You know, I, I hear that so often from women a lot of times, you know, I, I, yeah, I know I need a man because I need somebody to come here and do this. Hire somebody. We're not doing all of that. Hire somebody. All right. Don't expect it. Don't don't get into a relationship because you want somebody to finance you or because you want someone to fix your house up or you want somebody to fix your car up. Because, um, you know, men have feelings, too. <laughs> you know, they have feelings, too. They know when they're being uh, used. And no one no one likes that. It's not a good feeling most of the time when you're being taken advantage of. You know, so keep that in mind, man. I know this society has told you, you all that we're dumb, but we're not. We're in tune. Many of us are more spiritually in tune than many of you are. Despite what this society has told you, we're not completely insensitive to when we're being taken advantage of. You know, Sister Fasse says, I made a mess. I felt I didn't need a man. I'm living out that karma now. Preach. Tell your sisters, Fasse. Tell your sisters. <laughs> I wish more women would speak up about that, man. You know, because. Yeah, quietly, especially in the work that I do, because I get all the quiet confessions. Sisters do confess that quietly sometimes to me. Like, yeah, I really do need someone, you know. But then when they get back out in public, it's, you know, they back on their Beyonce stuff, you know. So preach it, you know, make it clear. Tell me, yeah, man, you know, I do need someone. I, I do need that covering. We need each other, you know. Well, like I said, not really, because I don't need you. Men don't need women. You know, and I've broken that one down already. For all you newbies, you may be shocked by that statement, but you don't want us to need you. The moment we need you, you don't like us anyway. Because of the very nature of things, men have to be independent in order to be able to guide and lead you. If our if our leadership was dependent upon your approval or dependent upon your your presence, then we wouldn't be leaders at all. So when you, you know you understand that the interchange between the two, men want women women need men but like and I'm just going to say it quickly because I've said this before I probably should make a PSA out of it but think about how strong your desires are in comparison to you doing the things that you know you should do so to know the things that you should do like maybe eat vegetables tonight you may not eat the vegetables because you have a feeling or or a craving for some cake (laughs) you know or for something else so a lot of times your desires are much stronger than um, the things that you truly should have in your lives. That's why 
sex or the power of sex and, and the desire of sex can be so so all encompassing, so enveloping in every decision that you make. But either way, still, men desire women. Women need men. So it's a, it's a different um, interplay. And and that sense like that, you know, but um, yeah, Sister Fosse, sing it from the mountaintops, man. Let people know, you know, let people know that, let your sisters know that they're making mistakes. I see so many, especially after a certain age, the rebelliousness catches up with them. This society has taught women to be very rebellious and a foolish male will put up with that in his youth. A lot of times because his desire for sex is so strong that, you know, he doesn't want to do anything to jeopardize his sexual survival. So he'll put up with a lot of that rebelliousness, all that slick talking and gun gun popping and and yeah, whatever. He'll put up with that. But then as he gets older and his his testosterone starts to fall down a little bit, he starts to be able to think a little bit more clearly. And then you find a lot of women in those late 30s, early 40 ages, they can't seem to get anyone to stick around with them. Is because you've developed some really vile habits in your earlier years that no one really checked you on. And now at this point, it's sad. And it's really, it's sad to me because I know who orchestrated and engineered that. And they're sitting back and laughing. So now you, you, I meet so many sisters, 40, 50 years old, still think they got it popping like when they was 20. I'm all that. They even using old phrases. I'm all that. Nobody even says that anymore. You know, so you you ain't all that, you know. Um, So the the thing is, is like um, you take on some of those very bad habits in a young age. And as you get older, man, and your sexual value, I'm going to say it like it is, man, your sexual value decreases. You start to hit a wall and then it's then it, it goes downhill from there. Men are not fantasizing about 40, 50, 60 year old women when they fantasize. You know, so they're looking for different things from you at that age. Typically, wisdom. Wisdom is very sexy in an older woman. Insight. Oh, man, there's nothing sexier than an older woman with insight, you know, who who can just, yeah, just spark different things because she's got that wisdom now. But you'll find some women 40, 50, 60 years old still have the insight of an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old because their investment in themselves was thwarted. It was distorted. You know, they they were riding off of certain things that are no longer um, as marketable today, as marketable right now, you see. And it's just sad. It's really, really sad. I see so many females who I look at who go through that because no one put them up on that. And now they live. And I'm looking at them. I say, man, you're going to die alone. I can see it. You're going to die alone. Because now the habits are so ingrained, they just can't, can't get out of it. And again, you're looking at a society that's just sitting back and laughing at you. Ha ha. Tricked you. Fooled you. Made you think you didn't need your man. Ha ha. But meanwhile, the ones who are on top of the society, they don't say stupid stuff like that. I don't need you. I do myself. I'm an independent. Mm-mm. Even the feminist movement doesn't even say anything like that because they know their whole movement is subsist on top of patriarchy. They're not trying to ruin. They're not trying to ruin the actual system. You know, they're not even suicidal on a kamikaze mission like that. 
They understand. They they know when to pull back. That's why they never cite any any particular names in their movement. They won't say, well, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. They just talk about patriarchy as his overall ghost because they know they don't want to screw up their situation. But you've been taught to do that. So now at 40, 50 years old, you're alone when you really need somebody because the children are grown now. They're out the house. Now you sit in an empty house every day. And a man doesn't even want you. Because you're hard-headed, you're rebellious, you don't listen because you think you know everything, but you don't know anything. And the life choices that you've been making all your life prove that. Your life looks raggedy because of all your bad choices, but you don't want to admit that. But he points it out, and then you flip out on him because you think he's nothing. So it's just like, it's just a really, it's a sick cycle. And then that guy says, you know what, check this out. I'm 50. You know, let me go Matt to a 30-year-old. Or or a thirty one year old who I may able to still mold, or he might be forty and say I'm gonna go back to a twenty seven year old, twenty eight year old. Why would I sit here and deal with your nonsense? Really, not not much reason to, because I don't mind dealing with an older woman. Maybe some things are sagging, a little droopy, whatever. If you're bringing wisdom and insight and peace into my life, but if you don't have the qualities of an older woman. Then I, that means I'm just with an old woman for no reason. I'm not even getting the benefits of being with an old woman, but I'm getting all the crap. And I know when I say this, that's why I had to do that PSA where I explained the difference between abuse or bashing and criticizing. Because to dismiss me, people could just say, oh, he's bashing us. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a culture. And I'm talking about a culture that people have bought into. And they don't realize that that culture was engineered to keep you and your people disempowered. Because the people who are in power, they don't subscribe to that culture. That was only put there for you. It's just like you look at the, the at the Christian church. People high up, you, you think the Pope subscribes to that? To the nonsense they teach you in the churches? No, that's for you. That's for y'all to eat that up. It's like you go to a Chinese restaurant. You think they eat that garbage? When's the last time you saw a Chinese person in a Chinese restaurant sitting down eating some chicken chicken wings and fried rice? <laughs> think about it. You've never seen that. They ain't eating that garbage. That's for you to eat up. They'll call it Chinese food, but they ain't eating that mess. When's the last time you even went into a Chinese restaurant and saw somebody overweight working behind the counter? Like obese. And they be they stay open all day. They open up ten o'clock, be up there two o'clock in the morning, still frying and thunga and flipping that stuff around, right? So obviously they got energy, so they're not eating the food because you know the food makes you sleepy. So they ain't eating all that MSG. That's for you. So it's the same thing with the culture, man. You know the architects of the culture, they're not prescribing subscribing to those those same things. It's not it's not, it's not their own prescriptive culture. They prescribed it to you, and you're just. Taking it up and soaking it up. Very similar to what we spoke about earlier with the brother who, you know, went and now he's in jail because, yeah, man, these people writing these books and stuff like that, they're not doing these things. They're giving it to you to eat up for the sheeple, for the people with low IQs. I'm going to just be honest and put it out there. For the low IQ, non-thinking sheeple, here you go. And it's sad when someone buys into that and now his brother's sitting in jail, man. He's sitting in jail right now. 
got somebody telling him what time he needs to go to bed, what time he needs to wake up. He's sleeping on a on a mattress that's smaller than a twin bed. You know. So, you know, it's deep. Thunderous prophet. Big, big comment here. Let me read it. it Look like a lot of text. She says, uh, my awareness has changed since my 20s. So the type of man that I'm attracted to slash interested in has changed. So I'll be indecent until I vibe, quote unquote, indecent until I vibe slash connect with a man that has similar goals and awareness. All right. I'm not going to tell you how that statement sounds, but you know, you already know what's wrong. But um, <laughs> the old tone of it, you could already tell us, on, so I'll be indecent, quote unquote, until I vibe, connect with a man that has similar goals and awareness. You're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it the wrong way. You better absorb yourself into a man that has goals and awareness beyond what you can even fathom. That's how this works. Not that you out there looking for your equal. Oh, you have goals and awareness that's like mine, so let's get together. Well, if his goals and awareness are like yours, you ain't really going to respect them because it's like being with another woman. The goals and awareness that I have, the women in my life, they're not even totally aware of it because they wouldn't even understand it, which makes me qualified for to be their man because I'm so far ahead of them. 90 seconds. How could I lead them if I wasn't so far ahead of them? If I wasn't so much bigger than than they are, if my goals were not so much bigger, if my awareness was not so much higher, if my ability was not so much greater, how would I be qualified to lead those sisters? You know, so it becomes tricky. We're coming up on a 60 second mark. I was just waiting for her to say it before I kept talking. So you got to be careful with that. I know it's it's really tricky. And what you just said, Thunderous Prophet, it sounds good. You can say that to a lot of people and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, get your high fives. But I'm telling you, it's deeper than that. You get with a brother and you say, well, your awareness has to, you know, kind of be. It, it, he might he might say, well, I'm not into all that Arisha stuff. or I'm not into all that spiritual stuff. I'm into this. But maybe what he's into is so far far above those things. And that's when that, that your woman's superpowers kicks in and you women know what I'm talking about. You know, the superpowers that you have that you use. It's that feminine intuition. All right. We're coming up on a 10 second mark. I I don't want to talk over her. So I wanted to say, there we go. Okay. She won't come back. So what I'm saying is that that feminine intuition kicks in and you may say, well, man, this brother is, see, and it's tricky because that's what some of the scammers use. They talk so far, like over you and so far beyond you that you get mesmerized. You know, you basically get hypnotized by their words and then they sell you something. So, it, you know, it's tricky and that's part of the indecency. That's why you may have a, let's say like one of, let's say my daughter, right? Some, some cat comes along and he's talking to her like that. Flim, 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 flicky, flack, flicky, flack, moon star, sun, whatever. Yeah, baby, come on. Right. And she might be like, wow. Oh, my goodness. You just blew my mind. Well, I'm going to say, well, well, bring the joke over here, man. Let me meet him because she's under my covering. And he's going to come to me. Yeah, man. Flim, flam, flicking, flam, flicking, flat, 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 sun, moon and stars. I see, man, you just you, you didn't say anything. Just man, get that F out of here. If I ever see you around my daughter again, man, I'm going to break your damn legs. You see, 
because she's under my covering. You, I'm not going to fall for that. It may be beyond her, or she may think it's beyond her, but he's just saying a bunch of nothing. And that's happened before. You know, so I'm saying even in that sense, man, you you sisters, you got to get with someone who's so far beyond you. I'm going to tell you something. Complaint that I've I've gotten since I was a teenager from sisters. They always say this. Two things. One, I feel dumb when I'm around you. And two, sometimes I'm nervous to speak when I'm around you. And I'm going to tell you what my response has always been. Good. You should. That's exactly how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel dumb, and you're supposed to feel like you really got to think about what you want to say before you say it, because that keeps you from being disrespectful. The moment you stop doing that, watch what's going to come out. Because the society we lived in, you're naturally, you're naturally programmed to be disrespectful towards me. So when I'm coming and I'm bringing such an energy that breaks up that programming, you now get nervous. You start feeling like everything you say is going to be wrong because maybe everything you've been programmed to say to me is wrong and feeling like you dumb around me. You should feel like you dumb around. That means I'm far ahead of you. You're in good hands. You're safe because I'm so far ahead of you. That's good. That's a good thing. And it's not to say I'm so far ahead of every woman on the planet, but the ones that are for me, I have to be ahead of or I can't lead them. If, if 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 she's able to race out in front of me and disprove my theories and what I'm saying quickly or or just disprove them at all, then I, then she needs to get someone that she's not able to do that with, because then that means I really can't do anything for her. And emotional ranting is not disproving, by the way, just because you get emotional and start sucking your teeth and it doesn't mean you're right, <laughs> you know. So you know, yeah, man. I'm just saying thunderous prophet talking to you, but I'm talking to all you sisters because, you know, it, it's a common thing that you hear with, with a lot of, a lot of sisters. And, and that's a graduation saying, okay, I want someone with similar goals or we're in a, That's a graduation from, you know, um, I just want somebody who's cute. But this, this, like I said, it gets even deeper. There's a level beyond that, that you really want to be looking for, you know, um, there's a level beyond that. So let's see. Nikki Love says, I had to learn to I had to learn to learn to shut up. To sh- no, I had to learn to learn to shut all that attitude down. Wasn't done overnight, though. Thankful for all my teachers. I'm sure it was. I'm sure that was hard, man. Because <laughs> sometimes I see you sisters come with the attitude so quick that, you know, it's like second nature. You know, so I know that's hard. To, to shut down it's gotta be it's like it's like shutting down anger it's hard to you know when you finally get to that point where you can like release anger but that's it takes a lot of work to do that especially again you only have all that attitude because you were taught to hate men you were taught to hate yourself so you got attitude with women you got attitude with men because you weren't taught to love each other so you look at each other like they're dirt <laughs> you know, so you sh- you learn to shut down the attitude by learning about each other, you know, learning the true story, the real story. Like I said, a lot of times if someone's going off, I'm quick to I'll get in their face, man, look at them eye to eye. Who are you talking to? And it's not it's not that I'm trying to intimidate people by doing that. But sometimes people are not really talking with you. They're talking at you or maybe even a graduation from at from at they're talking to you. Why are you talking with me? 
Because once you see, I used to always have to say that to people, yo, there's a human being standing in front of you. Why are you talking like that? But sometimes people don't realize. They don't put two and two together. So they'll just be sitting there going off and screaming, yeah, and another thing, and blah, blah, blah. And you can tell people who do that usually are staring up in the sky or they're looking down at the ground. They're not looking right in your eyes. Because once you look right in my eyes, there's got to be some prick of humanity that pricks you and says, wait a minute, I'm, I'm talking to another individual. And in truth, there's something deep down and you know that we're all connected. So I'm talking to myself. See, a lot of times the attitude and the way that people talk to each other reflects their inner dialogue. They talk to themselves really harshly like that. So they send it back outwards to, to you as well because it's just talking to themselves. So you look at them in the eye and they say, wait a minute, this is a unique thing here. This is a unique person. Yeah, I'm kind of talking to myself, but it's a unique person, you know. Um, and then it kind of makes them slow up a little bit. You know, I say, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> it's almost like doing that to a child. You know, you can yell at your child, but if your child's like their eyes are tearing up and they're crying and they look in your eyes while you're yelling, watch what's going to happen. Watch. It's going to, no matter what they did, you're going to calm it down. You're going to remember, wait a minute, this is my child. Now, they may have just crashed my car or, you know, stole some money out of my wallet or they could have, you know, some, something really bad. And some one of the most heinous things burnt up half the kitchen, <laughs> you know, but if I'm looking at them in their eyes and they're looking at me and we're connecting on, a, on at least a, a humane level, there's no way I could be screaming and going off or catching this much attitude or being this angry with them. I'm just not going to be able to do it. I may still be angry, but I'm, but it's just not going to come out the way it usually comes out when we're not connecting. That's why sometimes I don't, I don't let people text me too much. Like some of the sisters in my life and they know, you know, I, yeah, that's why I don't let y'all text me like that because it's too passive and it, it invites passive aggressive behavior. You know, you can say anything you want and it, you know, you're not looking at me in the eyes, you're not looking at my reaction, whatever, you know, so no, don't text me. Don't instant message me. None of that, man. You got something to say, get in my face and say it. And I bet you it's going to come out different than how I would have through a text. So it's the same thing, man. But, you know, I commend women who are able to get through that attitude piece because essentially you're getting through your racial programming. You're getting through the Willie Lynchism, believe it or not. Fosse says, I believe it was a defense mechanism to avoid being hurt. My hope, my family as a whole has suffered and I'm trying to fix things now. I hate I'm just learning truth now. Ah, uh, you've been learning truth, sister. Don't worry about it, man. It's a process. It's a process, process, process. Like I told you, you know, there's steps to your liberation, man. You know, Fosse. So don't, don't, no, nah, don't look at it like that. You and you're still a kid. I don't even know how old you are. I can barely even see your profile picture. But just, I know you, either way, you're just still a child. All right. You know, when you look at the the whole timeline of of your lifetimes and your experiences, you know, you, you're just a child. You're just a baby. All right. And those, I don't care if you're 60 years old listening. You're just a baby. You're just a child, right? So don't look at it like, oh, I should have caught this when I was 17. Should have caught this when I'm 15, but now I'm 20, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60. I'm just now learning it. You're just a baby. Don't worry about it. You know, you've been learning. Don't, you know, don't sweat it. It's just, it's part of your process, man. All of it, you know, 
Anwar says men should be projecting way further than the eye can see. Our plans need to project decades into the before the horizon. So when the light finally shines it on it, our intent is solid and secure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to have generational plans in place. And women don't really function from the linear like that. So you may say, well, this is what I, what I want, what I see for myself or my family 70 years from now. And she may say, well, right now your apartment's a mess and it smells like feet up in here. So how are you going to be able to, to produce all of that? And your environment is so raggedy. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that, <laughs> you know, because women think cyclical. They think about the immediate environment, you know, so sometimes it's difficult to share those type of plans. And sometimes even as a woman is share, it's, it's difficult to get him to understand what needs to happen right now. Like right now, my car is smoking. My car's going to leave me stranded on the side of the road right now. I know, brother, you putting some money together and you're trying to buy this Range Rover and you got these big plans. But right now, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, we think differently um, in, in that sense, man. <laughs> Let's see what Kisa says. Appreciate you, Chief. I'm scheduling my reading today. Should I get it from you or one of the women? I don't know. <laughs> get it from whoever you want to get it from. You know, it's, it's, yeah. Go follow your heart. You know? Um, <laughs> Sasha says, LOL, the similarities between Chief thinking and my husband. Wow. Good. Good. <laughs> Fase says, that's why I don't say much in this chat room. It may be all wrong, capital wrong. Yeah, so good. Fase, come on now. If it's all wrong, that means you're going to get corrected and eventually it'll be more right than wrong. Speak out. This is an opportunity, opportunity to be corrected. You know, don't look at correction as chastisement. You know, and I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to all you sis. I've heard that so many times. I feel like everything I'm saying is wrong. Good. So then listen to what you what's being said that's correcting your thinking. Because remember, like I told you in the, in the show recently, you only have one problem. And that one problem is going to project and extend itself to various expressions. But it's one issue that you have. So the more you may say things and the more you may put yourself out there, the more we can see. It's like being on a team and the coach says, OK, go ahead and run these plays. And they're watching you. And you may say, Dad, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm messing everything up. But the coach needs to see you so they can see what to correct. Or they may already know what to correct, but they need you to go through it so they can point it out to you in a certain way. You know, but um, I hear that so often from sisters. That's why I'm just quiet because I don't want to say the wrong thing. That's why I don't call in chief because I want to say something. You're going to say the wrong things. You're going to say the wrong things. Here's a good example. Sister Lakeisha last night in the show. She put up a question, and the question wasn't really one that made that much sense in terms of what she was was saying, but we still answered it. And she asked several several other questions, and I said, okay, well, here's an opportunity for, for you to learn. The way you worded that and what you're actually asking doesn't really add up to what you think it adds up to. And she could have said, well, that's why I ain't never asked no more questions again. <laughs> But she understood in the moment that, no, 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 you, this is how you learn. Sometimes you got to put yourself out there to learn. Just like right now, I'm speaking. I'm putting myself out there. Anybody could jump and be like, he don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> you know, which has happened, you know. Um, and I'm open to correction if it's respectful, you know. Uh, yeah, okay. Did I? And that's happened. Matter of fact, 
even in grasping the root of divine power, there was a good brother. I wish I got to find his email. I've been wanting to talk to him. I want to get some Zulu lessons from him. But there was a term that I used in Zulu where I used a singular term when it was supposed to, I, I used the singular form of a word when it, it you know, when I should have used the plural form and I, did, I used the wrong, the wrong form of the word, you know, it's, you know, like saying the instead of those. And he, he sent me an email. He's, you know, he said, yeah, I appreciate your book. It's a nice book and everything. I just want to point out this thing. I said, thank you. Good looking. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know I would, that mistake. I, and I still got to fix it. It's still in the book. It's sad. Cause he sent me that email like two years ago, but I'm going to get on it. I got, cause there's a couple of things I wanted to change in that book anyway. So I want to kind of do a revision, but, um, put it out there and, you know, got corrected. Yeah, man, you put a, a singular when it should have been a plural. All right, I'll fix it. Thank you. Yeah. So man, you know, put yourself out there, man. Don't, don't, don't be afraid, man. And, and don't put expiration dates on your growth. You know, everything, you don't have to throw everything out. Everything that's led you up to this moment is valuable. Trust me. Everything that's led you up to this moment is valuable. And let me just say this. Don't be so egotistical that you can't be corrected. That becomes worse and worse as you get older. That's why, again, dating those late 30, 40, 50, 60 year old women is very tough because you can't tell them anything. And they could be as wrong as they want to be. You can't tell them anything. You know, so don't be that. <laughs> don't be that sister. Be the one who's still flexible and pliable, just like you were in your youth. You know, and sometimes you have to do physical things to invoke that back in you. Like literally, like literally go, go to yoga, <laughs> learn to stretch and be flexible again. So, you you know, your mind becomes flexible again, because once your mind hardens and encrusts and that's it, you've now created a ceiling of, of your, for your growth and your awareness. You become like they say, hard headed. So you don't want to be that person, you know, but just understand. And I reiterate this all the time. So no one will feel insecure. Everyone is here because something is wrong with them. Everyone who's in the chat room, everyone who's listening right now, something is wrong. Now, if it wasn't, you would go listen to a comedy podcast or, you know, go watch Dave Chappelle or or something like that or cartoons (laughs) or whatever it is. But you're here listening to this because you're picking up gyms and, and little things that are helping you to improve where you're at. That's everyone's situation. It doesn't matter um, <laughs> how much of an authority some people will speak as. Sometimes people will do that, you know, even when they, they call in or they're in the chat room, you know, they'll try to speak like they're authorities, but um, they're not. So I, that's why I reiterate that sometimes. So you're all here learning. It may be at different levels. Absolutely. You know, yeah, uh, we can't deny that. You're at different levels, but everyone's learning, and I am learning. I am still learning, too. Okay? Um, I love physics, you know. But if I go into a room of master uh, uh, physics um, or physicists, I might feel dumb. I probably would, you know... I would ask questions if, if that was opened up to me, but, you know, and it's something that I love. It's something that I've studied, but I've never worked in that field. So there's so much that I don't know about physics, I'm sure. 
Well, not even, I know there's so much I don't know. I don't even have to say I'm sure. There's so much that I don't know because it's been more of a hobby, you know, over the years for me. But um, I could probably rock a little bit, but if they kick it into high gear, you know, um, I'm going to be a little lost, but I'd still would like to be in the room, <laughs> you know, and if I get an opportunity to, to share a thought or whatever, I would love to be corrected. No problem. Thank you. When else would I get that opportunity? So there's, there's always something to learn. You see, there's always something to pick up on. There's, there's always more. There's, there's always an opportunity for you to be a student of something. You know, and everyone who's here is a student. Now, some people are more egotistical than others, so they're going to act like they're not students. But I'm telling you, they're all students. Sometimes I read through that chat room. And I see wrong statements from a lot of people. I don't say anything. It's part of your growth. But, you know, no one's in there just dropping bombs every time they type and they look at this. And look that. No, it's not like that, man. Everybody's still growing and learning. You know, so just keep that in mind, man. And anybody who presents yourself themselves as anything other than that, be buyer beware. <laughs> be careful. Buyer beware. Because if we were all that, you wouldn't even have access to us if we were all that. Let's think about that. If we were shining so bright and just so amazing and so genius and so brilliant, we'd be locked away somewhere underground in a, in a government facility. They would have been took us if we were all that. I'm talking about myself. And I'm talking about anyone else who presents themselves as the second coming or or the rising black messiah. Mm -mm. We all got work to do, myself included. All right. Roxanne Bowen says, uh, whose responsibility is it to change? Stop blaming others and environments. We now know. Yeah, I guess that's a response to something. Maybe y'all were going back and forth on something. I see Lakeisha got a lot of. Got a lot of uh, feeling here, a lot of talk here. Um, Sister Sister Fasse fails. If anyone, Brother Byron says this, if anyone is wrong in this room, they aren't ridiculed. We grow, learn, and support each other here. Exactly. And if if you are ridiculed, I, I, I see it, and those people don't come back. I think you've already noticed that. I don't allow that. I'm not into learning environments can't be hostile. They can't. So once I see there's some type of, of foolishness going on, I address it immediately, man, because that's dangerous. In my, in my opinion, it's very dangerous, you know, when, when someone's trying to learn and they're being ridiculed or, or you're making them feel insecure for maybe the theories that they're coming up with or the feelings that they're having. You know, I gave you that example of Danny that got, ooh, I don't know if I said his name. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably said his name, but the the, the 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 um the gay guy in the church that time who was saying that Jesus made love to him that night, you know, um, I wouldn't talk to him. You know, I don't want to tell that story again. I I told y'all about that story, but I thought that was dangerous, man. How y'all gonna like not say anything to the guy, man, and be sitting here snickering while he's talking? You know, that's not right. You know, talk to him, man, like because he confessed something. And it's it's a part of his growth. It's part of his. That's why I, you know, 
I knew even back then I couldn't be in that environment for for, for so long, man, because the dudes are too sissified. You know, I don't, I don't like being around a bunch of sissy dudes, man, just playing with their ties and in the mirror and looking at each other's shoes. And Doc, those are nice shoes you got on. Doc, where you get? That ain't even my style, man. <laughs> you know, I, I like to be around dudes with bald heads and nappy beards. You know, that's 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 my style. You know, um, <laughs> but um, and before you let them get into your car, you got to ask them if they holding. Yo, you got anything on you? Man, go up, go back upstairs, man. Put your put your gun. Don't bring your gun. You know, I'm more comfortable around that. You know, because you're gonna get more heart. But that was just cruel to do that to to that guy, man. He yeah, he, he's gay, man. Yeah, he sounded funny. Yeah, I was laughing too, <laughs> but I wasn't snickering. I was laughing out loud. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, you don't you don't make someone feel you know less than because um they're learning. That's not right. And um, you don't create hostility where it where there need not be hostility and where people are, are exposing their most purest selves. You know, in a learning environment like this, people are really exposing some of their most sacred thoughts that they haven't shared with anyone. Dreams that they've been having, visions, thoughts, things like that. Nah, man, you got to keep it peaceful, man. Keep keep it lovely. Thunderous Prophet says, I'm there is a possible. He's a Jehovah Witness. Now I got to research that. Mm. He's a Jehovah Witness. <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, good, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Well, you know what? Let me let me say this. Sometimes people are uh, in certain religions or cults, and um, they're not that committed to it. You know, so. You might not. He might not really be a Jehovah Witness. I mean, Jehovah Witness. He might just be, you know, he might just be claiming the flag. Maybe his family. He grew up in it or something like that. You know. But uh, yeah, Jehovah Jehovah Witnesses is an interesting um, program. <laughs> I've done a lot of study with them because I have some close family members who were involved in that at one point. But uh, yeah, you'll find some interesting things. I would I would urge you study the founders of of that movement. They have a very interesting stories. Two guys, in fact, um, their story is very very interesting. You know, or maybe not their story, but the fact that people didn't question their stories as much. It's very interesting. There's some things surrounding them that you might find interesting. So DC says, talking with women 40 plus are combative. And when you even mention having a different point of view, it's hopeless. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Question mark. Um, they're not all like that, but too many of them are. You know, see, some women over forty. You know, I'm gonna tell you what a lot of it, a lot of it is, man. Over forty women, their their physiology changes a lot around forty, and a lot of them are sexually repressed. Women go crazy post forty if they're not they're not get because you notice a lot of women around that that forty age they become hyper horny, they be, their libido just goes with this incredible spike, and a lot of times because of some of the conditions in their lives they're mateless. At that age. So they start to kind of lose their grip on reality. It's real deep. I've noticed that for years. 
um, and even in, it advise some women about that. Like, listen, you might want to take on a young lover. You know, I know you're waiting for a husband and everything, but find yourself, you know, a 20 year old with mommy issues, because if you're not getting it, you know, you're going to you're going to start kind of um, going through it. You know, you're going to start really going through it. Um, so, yeah, man. But, you know, also, too, what it is, it's everything I've been talking about, brother D.C. You know, um, they've been trained to look at us like we're idiots, no matter how smart we are. So as you get older, it starts to concrete more. And then there's a disappointment about life as well, because you might be talking to a woman who's 40 plus. She has no husband. Maybe she doesn't have a good relationship with her children or she just comes home to children or the children are gone now, you know. And um, she's disappointed and discouraged and angry about her situation, but she's been trained by the society not to point the finger at herself, to always point the finger at the scapegoat. Who is it? Well, the black guy did it. So now when you come talking to her, you know, she's got. No one clowns you, actually. So come on, man. I never clown y'all. I have plenty of opportunity. Heck, Thunderous Prophet is over there all all booed up with a Jehovah Witness. I didn't clown her. (laughs) You know, come on, man. You know, I never clown y'all, man. Y'all just, y'all just not, you know what it is, man? You ain't used to the punchiness. I'm a man. I'm punchy. You know, I'm not going to sit there. You're going to call and say something dumb on the phone. Or say something that's insulting to me, which a lot of you like to do. You like you throw low key shade at me when you're talking to me. You think I don't pick up on it, and then when I when I come at you direct, you sit there like, oh, I can't believe you, Chief, trying to get on me, Chief. No, you didn't clown me. I'm putting a dub. I don't even know what that means. I'm putting a dub. No, you didn't clown me. I'm putting a dub. That's some down south stuff. Get out of here with that down south stuff. I don't know what the heck you talking about? Putting a dub. <laughs> anyway, washing, washing yourself out in some pots. <laughs> I'm putting a dub. Come on, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, yeah, man. Nah, I don't be clowning y'all, man. I got plenty of opportunities. You know what I mean? But nah, I don't, I don't do that. I'm here teaching you. And sometimes... Sometimes I got to joke off your disrespect. Sometimes or sometimes I let you have it. I let you have some of it as has happened recently, you know. Um, but trust me, man, I'm, I'm a, that's the trick. If y'all if I start cracking jokes. I'm telling you the secret. If I start cracking jokes while we're talking. It's because you sound crazy. And I'm trying to. Either not make you sound so crazy in front of the everybody who you're talking to, like on the phone, because there's there's hundreds of people listening. So I'll start playing. Oh, da, 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 da. I'll start playing you, but I'm still giving you the medicine. Or you're so hard headed that I got to start cracking jokes. Or I just don't take you serious because you you were disrespectful when you got on the phone. That's why I start cracking jokes. You wanna know how you know? You ever heard me crack jokes on Brother Anwar? Or let's see, I, I can go right up through the list here. Sister Michelle, I crack jokes on, but um, I'm talking about Michelle from down south. But it's the same exact joke every time, being country. But we have serious conversations. 
the other Michelle. You ever hear me crack jokes with her? Nope. Um, I mean, I'm just going through the chat room. I can go right down the list. Sister Lola. I had her on the whole show. Crack jokes with her? Nope. Or clown her, as as y'all might say. It's only when y'all get on and start talking crazy. Then I have to, either, either I can sit here and come back with, I could show you how crazy you sound on air. And if I do that, you're going to be embarrassed. And then it's going to be a scene. See, and I don't want this, these segments or this shows to be that. I don't want it to be those ghetto blog talk shows y'all calling to where people are cursing each other out and going back. and I don't want that. That's not the experience I want here. But sometimes y'all get on the phone like that. I've had people get on the phone hostile. You know, and then what I'm not a I'm not a sucker. So I I could I could choose to respond in that way, you know, but then what is how does that make me look? You see, that's when we talk about regality and royalty, you know, and you have to learn how to overstand things and overstand situations. So somebody will come on and they might I mean, I've heard that before. They've done that to Kim at times. Man, I mute them people or they gone. So if you're saying this, that that, as soon as somebody starts the phone call like that, so what I'm picking up is what you're trying to say, mute. We ain't doing that. I, you, no, you don't don't call me because you just finished reading a book yesterday or watching uh, a young Pharaoh video. <laughs> you know, you just came into consciousness and now you want to start arguing with people. I'm nah, this ain't that. We're trying to keep a dignified space. So if you calling or you sounding, you saying something like if you calling right now and it was you might be this. You probably are that sister from Vegas. Are you that sister from Vegas, Sister Lakeisha? See, I remember where people are from who call in and said that you got a girlfriend and then your girlfriend called in after you. I didn't clown either one of y'all. If it's you, it might not be you. It might be. I'm not I'm not saying that all you lesbians know each other. So don't. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that, you know, um. Sometimes people will call in with some stuff that is completely off <laughs> of what we what we talk about here. We teach and I'm not trying to make the person feel convicted on the phone or, or embarrass them or whatever. So I start cracking jokes that got nothing to do with what we even talking about. Maybe I hear sound in the background. I see what you're doing back there. Da, 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 da. Because ultimately, if you call here and you talking crazy, that means you don't listen to the show. Ultimately. And that means you probably are going to only listen to 5% of what I actually say. So I'll crack jokes and then I'll throw in a little gym and then I'll get off the phone. Because I know you can only handle the one gym. So I want you to understand the science of what I do. It's it's overstanding, man. And you got to anticipate things. And I'm also sharing that because a lot of times you brothers, I notice, reach out to me a lot and ask me how I handle some of these calls. Like, you know, some some of you pick up on what I'm talking about. And you say, man, you were so smooth with that. You handled that this way. You handled that that way. Well, it's not just because I mean, I'm a smooth person, but it's not so. It's not, but it's not just because I'm just so smooth, but it's because I'm doing something here. I can't allow it to just be messed up by anybody who calls in randomly. I'm doing something. I, you know, I'm I'm creating a vibration here. I'm creating experience here and an opportunity for people to learn and to grow. And if they call here and I'm going off and they like, Dad, man, every time I call in Chief Speaks or Enlightenment Transformation, he's cursing somebody out, even if he's right and the person was rude, it's going to show a couple things. One, he has no emotional control. So is he actually applying these things that he's learning? 
And then the other thing is, I just don't like how it feels. I didn't call it for all of that. <laughs> you know? So you have to kind of, you got to keep in mind your mission. Oh, you're in Mississippi. All right, so you ain't the one from Vegas. All right, there's another one from Vegas who's talking crazy. Now you now you live in Mississippi. Since I'm saying you're giving me too much, this is Lakeisha, just say yes, and I'm in Mississippi. You're giving me too much stuff to, to mess with. So you in Mississippi. <laughs> That's funny enough as it is. <laughs> Although I shouldn't laugh though, because the first pyramids were found in Mississippi along the river. There's pyramids out there. Yeah. If any if even you didn't know that, um Mississippi, there's pyramids. So that's that's a real um sacred space, Mississippi. But oh, so it is you from Vegas. Oh, okay, I left her in Vegas. So it is you. Uh huh. I didn't clown you. I remember when you called. I remember telling you were kind of mean because you had a girlfriend that you were you were making fun of that you said was in a car accident and now in a wheelchair or something like that. That was kind of messed up, you know, so I remember mentioning that and she called in. She seemed like a nice person, you know, and I didn't say anything about y'all, you know, playing, you know, lick me up kitty cat games. You know, <laughs> Yeah, man. So that's what I'm just saying, man. You know, you got to understand when, when you have your eyes set and, and, and positioned on a larger goal and something larger and bigger that you're trying to get accomplished, you're not going to be so distracted. You know, so a lot of times, even when you all may think, oh, chief is going off, I'm not going off. I'm just saying what needs to be said in the moment. Sometimes you got to raise your voice a little bit. Sometimes you got to use different language. You change your inflection or whatever. But ultimately, I'm not losing sight of the ultimate goal, which is bring people in an environment where they can learn and grow. You know, that's it. That's 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 the goal. And and it's still different ways. And yeah, you say I'm still on my journey. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> man, you stopped over Mississippi. <laughs> How you go from Las Vegas to Mississippi? We are. See that right there. You give me too much material. It's too easy with you. I don't even, you know. But no, I didn't clown you. If I clowned you, you wouldn't have came back. Because if I clown somebody, I'm I'm vicious. I go for the juggler. Trust me, you won't like me after I clown you. Like I said, if I'm if I'm being humorous and things like that, sometimes just to loosen people up. People calling, they a little stiff. I know, you know, they're not going to really take the information, or they may be looking at me a certain way. Sometimes I do that. If people are really nervous talking to me, people will call and say, oh, I'm so nervous. So now I start cracking jokes, loosen them up a little bit. Let's talk. Come on. You know? Um, so, no, trust me, man. Like I said, I, I'm much of, more of a schemer than you guys might realize. Things that I do are much more calculated than, than, you, than you might imagine. And I would never go off. Like I said, most of y'all are not even real to me anyway. I've never even met you. Some of you don't even have pictures on your avatar. So I, come on, man. And then you calling on the line. I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, you think I'm really gonna go off like that? I don't even know you. <laughs> you know. So yeah, trust me. Um, and I'm gonna tell your boyfriend what you said, Thunderous Prophet. I'm gonna find him. I'm gonna tell him. I'm not even gonna say your, your comment out loud, but I saw it. I was pretending like I didn't see it. Marvin Newton says, "I'm gr- so grateful and thankful for finding you. I'm thankful for finding you, sis. You consistent." I'm seeing results using your information. Good. Both spiritually and physically. Even better. I need to get a reading. I'm working on it, Chief. What you need a reading for? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Just keep pl- applying the information. You know, you got a lot of free stuff. <laughs> 
you know, work work the free stuff. You know, I know how my people are. I know how much they like free stuff. I ain't stupid. <laughs> um, Vivid Eye says, a big issue is I have is handling certain energies in the moment. My temper has been a point of constant work. I am in awe of the teachers who can handle it on a daily basis. Yeah, Vivid Eye, man, put your, put your mind forward to what you're planning on, man. Get out of the moment. Like, look what you just said. A big issue as I have is handling certain energies in the moment. Well, there's, there, there you've, you've now found your Achilles heel. Your Achilles heel is the moment. So look beyond the moment. You know what I mean? Like, look, look beyond what the moment represents and what the moment is for you. And look at the ultimate goal, what you're really trying to get accomplished and get done. That will help you a lot with that. Now, I've never had a temper. Even though I, I was told that I, I did, my parents told me I had a real bad temper as a youth, but they don't know what the heck they talk. My had no freaking temper. Um, they have tempers. I come from a family of wolves. You know, them wolves that they go and kill everybody and then go and cry about it later. That's them. I didn't, I never went into them rages or nothing like that. But um, there was a short time period when I was very, very, very young, where the spirit of one of my Egun was on me so strong. He was a very strong Ogun energy that, yeah, it it, it came out in some real bad ways. Uh, I guess we could say bad. But, um, you know, so, but nah, I don't, I don't temper like that, man. You know, the stuff I do, it may be cruel at times even, but it's very calculated, which makes it even more cruel, I guess. But, um, so, you know, I, I, I sympathize in a way with some of you, you are dealing with temper issues, but, you know, again, I don't have too much hands on in that, but I have, I have, you know, gotten angry before. Um, I've gone into a rage once or twice, <laughs> you know, in, in my life. And I can tell you ultimately my ability to, to control those things came at the helm of being able to kind of see a little bit more long-term look at how maybe those immediate actions may affect things. And when you start looking at things more long-term, you already know what to suspect. You know, it's just like, let's say it's, it's Friday, right? And the power company comes and turns your lights out. Right. And their office is not open to Monday. So, you know, now Friday night, you sitting in the dark, you go, this strong end is going to be a dark strong end. Right. And let's say you still don't have any money. Right. And you say, um, okay, so uh, I know I have to call them Monday. And you already know that they already going to be rude. They are going to tell you to make a payment in three months. They're already going to tell you that they're not going to accept your promise to pay it today because you failed already on three or four promises. So you got to come and bring this cash and, you know, so you kind of already you think about it, you visualize the conversation, you know what to expect. Whoever probably is going to pick up, they might be in B-I-T-C-H mode. <laughs> you know, that may happen, you know, uh, and that's one way to look at it. Or you may say, no, this is going to work. Depending on the situation, they're going to help me out. You know, you can take that approach as well. You can take a realistic approach. You can take an optimistic approach, either one. But, you know, it's about that long term projection. And when you can look at things long term like that and kind of map them out, they won't take you, you know, by surprise so so much in the moment. You know, you're not taken by surprise every time, which, of course, causes your temper 
um, to flare up. And you just have to start to develop a different kind of value for yourself, man. You know, once you develop a different kind of value of yourself for yourself, then you you can make more intelligent decisions as to who deserves your argument. You know, like I've, I've been with, with sisters before, you know, some sisters, they're not happy unless you go upside the head. I know another thumbs down. But what I mean is that some some women like to be disciplined that way. And if you're the type of brother, because I'm not into that, man, I'm not catching no domestic violence charge for you, you know. Um, but if, if you're the type of brother, you're like, nah, we ain't doing that, you know, because you see a value in yourself, man. You know, like, nah, do that. Find that with somebody. Like, I had to tell a brother that recently. He was, you know, he had a little situation with his woman. He's like, you man, she gets all in my face and this and that. I said, you know, she wants you to hit her. I said, that's that's what she she's been doing this for a while. She wants you to put your hands on her. And I was like, the best thing I could tell you to do beyond don't put your hands on her is break up with her. Don't wife up people who want to be beaten. You know, I, well, no, let me not say that because <laughs> there's a time and place for everything. <laughs> let me just say that. But, you know, in that way, in a way where, you know, it could become criminal. You know, so the best thing you could do is monitor who you're around like if you're around certain people who like to see you at your worst for instance don't be around those type don't befriend those type of people think you know project in the future i got a friend like that now man he just came home he came home recently he did 15 years in jail for a murder right and um another one of those that just loves to be around me because he's like yo because he's got a bad temper issue and he's like yeah when i'm around you you like i can you know you really help to to like you know kind of cool my thoughts a lot and but it's like it's kind of bad because i'm avoiding him right i haven't returned his phone calls or anything um because it's like he's always in situation anywhere we're at and he he's real petty about things you know like he reached out to me recently he's like yo you know my girl's cheating on me i put this device because he's really like he learned all of this technical stuff when he was you know like he's like yo i put this device on her car <laughs> and I can track where she's at, wherever she goes. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, yo, you just came home from doing 15 years, man. This is the most important thing to you. So he called me the other day. He was like, yo, yo, you, I'm I'm looking at this B-I-T-C-H right now. Now, she told me she's over her friend's house. No, she, she's a teacher. Excuse me. She, she told me she had to stay late at work. Well, what's she doing over here, going here? And I'm like, yo, there's more important things in the world right now, man. You know, so he's ready to catch another charge behind this so my response we i can't be around you all right because you you always lean and incline towards your worst and that means you don't mind if you see me at my worst you don't want to see me at my best and my worst is a, is, is bad he now he among all people he knows that you know um so we can't be around each other you see, so I'm I'm looking, I'm projecting long term. I'm thinking about about the future, and th- and this is a close friend of mine, but it just means you know we can't, you know, even on the phone, like now nah, we can't be around each other too much, man, because you're dangerous. You know, you'll have me in a situation as old as we are. I'll be fighting and wrestling somebody in the street behind messing with you, or so, or worse, you know, so. Sometimes it's, it's that as well, brother DC. You know, it was it was Vivid Eye who had posted that. Vivid Eye, you know, sometimes it's it's about 
being around people who want to see the best come out of you, not the worst. You know, sometimes our tempers are constantly flaring because we got people who are purposely antagonizing us or purposely want to want to bring out the old, the old version of you. This same brother has said that to me before. Sometimes one time something happened, you know, and he saw me kind of like light up a little bit. You know, I'm going in the trunk, grabbing, you know, tire irons and like, yo, I'm about to go, you know, little situation. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's the old, that's the you I remember. And I'm saying, all right, and that right there, that calmed everything down. I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. No, 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 no. We not doing that. <laughs> Put the tie iron back in the car, back in the trunk, and, you know, go, go, go walk and work this out, you see. And I'm looking at him like he's dangerous. This guy's dangerous, you know. So that's what I'm just saying, man. Sometimes you you, you have to um, you got to look at those things. And like I said, I, I love the brother, man. You know, I love him. You know, um, would I go to hell and back for him? No. If he called me right now, say, yo, you, I got a situation. Come, to-. no. <laughs> and that's that's a hard thing because I'm known for my loyalty. But no, you're dangerous. Nope. You know, so it's the same thing with your temper, brother, man. You you got to be able to kind of look at things like that and um, project long term. What do you want for your life? You know, I'm not trying to be an old head up in jail or in prison, jail and, you know, up in prison. You know, I'm not trying to be an old head up in there. And no, that's not that's not the goal here. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be wrestling and tussling with people in this in the street. And, you know, I don't I don't see too many people in my life who are worthy to fight me. And the same thing in relationships. I don't I don't meet too many women who are worth me getting that domestic abuse charge and going to jail. And I, I don't nah, I haven't met anyone that valuable, <laughs> you know, where it's like, yeah. I'm happy to be sitting up in this jail cell. Because, no, nah, man, it ain't even worth it. You know, so, you know, just kind of think about that. You got to be able to kind of um, look at your own value in a sense and make a, a clear determination as to what's worth, worth, you know, I, I, I expelled a sister and it was a year ago and I said something to her and she kind of looked at me crazy. And I said, yo, I'm not going to break one fingernail on my hand going upside your head. Get out. And that was the last conversation we had. We had we had been dealing with each other for years. That was it. You know, she raised her voice at me, and I don't. That's something I don't. I don't tolerate. You know, and only only took. Well, she she did it like two two times. And after the first time, I said, "Yo, if you ever raise your voice at me again, that's it." She did it again. Tried to yell at me. Who that? You think you talking to? Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm not I'm not your boyfriend. I'm not some little dude on the street or whatever. And I was like, yo, I see what you want. But I said, I'm not going to break my fingernail going upside your head. You ain't even worth a fingernail. So you got to go. And that was it. And never spoke to her again. That's how much I value myself. Even down to my fingernail. That's how much I value the fingernail on my body. I'm not even going to break a fingernail dealing with your stupidness. You see? I'm not going to spend 10 minutes 
trying to calm myself down because you just finished going off on me or you did this to that to that. So, you know, it, it, brother, it's, it's about being able to see, you know, um, the value as well. You know what I mean? Being able to see the value in yourself and saying like, well, what, what is worth me going there? What is worth me taking away from all this beauty that I have the potential to create in my life? You know, I am divine says the journey take taken once you're on your path is life changing. Since becoming a part of a new in October, 2016, my life was turned upside down. I hope, I hope in a good way. <laughs> I'm so grateful Thank you for all your teachings, Teeth. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I, I hope it, you know, it worked out. Lakeisha Sullivan says, that's why I left. Domestic violence is not cool and I deserve better. Yeah, whatever, Lakeisha. We ain't paying no attention to you. You know, we don't know why you really left. We know you mean. We know that part. Vivid Eye says, damn, LOL. Chief hit, hit it on the head. Some of my people forever harken back to the old Mar. My name is Jamar, so they call me Mar. See? See? See what you're surrounded by? You see what I'm saying? You're surrounded by those who are trying to pull you back in the hole. Sometimes, you know, that's just a brother, you know, I know you're younger than me, but, you know, older brother to younger brother, as we get older, man, them, them circles get small, man. You know, sometimes you you you, you just got to, like, you know, I got brothers, man, I, I've known for years, man, who've never seen the inside of my house, who've never even seen my, my, my youth. You know, if they, if they did show up my house, I'd be closing the door, stepping outside, closing the door behind me. Like, yo, let's take a walk. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes that's how it is, my brother. You know, as we grow older, our circles change, our stances change. And it's, it's like clothing, man. I'm, I'm sure you can't wear shirts that you wore, you know, when you were, you know, maybe 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, you know, we, we outgrow sometimes people like we outgrow grow clothing. If those things and those people are not growing along with us, man, and you don't have to feel guilty about that. That goes back again to to Machiavelli. The Prince is learning effectiveness beyond being nice, beyond being even what we would call uh, modest or humility, but is learning to be effective. You see, so sometimes to your efficacy, you got to you got to cut a lot of people off. I mean, I know I know how that is, man. I've been through that. And, and I will say, man, I wonder how this one's doing. I wonder how that one's doing. But. Uh oh. I don't know if you all can still hear me, but uh, yeah, we had a little crash, a little crash here. But um, let's see. All right, I'm gonna keep talking, <laughs> but I don't know if you can hear me or not. But um, let's see. Did Block Talk crash? I don't know. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I crashed. I don't know if everything crashed or not. I'm. I'll talk a little bit and I'm gonna close it out. Anyway, because we're well over anyway at this point. But um, yeah, like I was saying, is that um, sometimes no sound. YouTube just cut off. Okay. Oh, I'm on. Okay, so it's back on. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So um, 
<laughs> so yeah, man. So like I was just saying, man, sometimes you, you gotta learn sometimes to associate those individuals you be want to move away from, man. You gotta associate them with the the overall experience. Like let's say if you was a street dude, for instance, certain people are associated with the streets. So it's the streets really calling you back, man, or it's a drug that's calling you back. You know, some people maybe you had a drug issue, you know, so so those things that are calling you back, you know, into those environments, man. So, you know, it can be very dangerous in that sense. And it's hard to go into the unknown. It's it's hard to go into the unknown and, and kind of say, well, listen, man, I'm I'm a ride solo. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something, man, the, the, coming into consciousness and, and, and being a warrior in consciousness, most of the time you're going to be alone. You know, it, it, it's a real isolating ex- experience in that in that sense, man, because sometimes, especially if you come through some real lines of, of boyhood, it takes a lot to scrape some of that stuff off of you. You know, it takes a long time to get to that point where, yeah, it's like, nah, I'm not going into the trunk and grabbing something or whatever. You know, I, I mean, there's times, man, I've been out, situations have happened, <clears throat> and I'm reaching in my belt for my gun and ain't got no gun. <laughs> you know, because it's just the the, the programming for years of, of maybe, you know, living a certain way. You're just used to certain things, man. And um, when you start to remove those elements from your life, you start to see how dependent you were over the years on 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 certain sick things. You know, and those things are not healthy, brother. So, yeah, man. And that's for anyone dealing with their temper. You got to learn to put a little bit more value on yourself and look long term, man. You know, like me, I don't like having interaction with, with law enforcement agents or policing agents. I don't like it. I don't like them pulling my car over. I don't like them asking me questions, nothing. So because I feel like like I'm better than them. I know. <laughs> but that's how I feel. I'm better than you. Because I, like, I wouldn't take a job like that. Like, I look at what you're representing. Look at the emblems that are on your sleeve. You know, and at any point, and I'm, I don't go in for all that good cop, bad cop crap. Well, some cops seem to, nah, they all bad. Because you know what? You might have a quote unquote good cop, but if their sergeant or their superior tells them to do an order that violates you, they're going to follow that order. So they all have the potential to be bad, <laughs> you know, in, in, in that sense, man. So um, I don't go in for that, man. So. Certain energies I don't even want touching me. I don't want questioning me. I don't want saying my name. You know, I, you just kind of go through the list. So I'm I'm telling you the same thing in, in your struggles and your work to try to get through and get over your, your temper or certain situations that will bring your temper, your, your temper out. You know, look at the value that you want to place on yourself, the environment you want to place in yourself. And then ask yourself, too, in those environments, do you have anything to prove? You know? Do you, what do you have to prove, even if it's a relationship? You know, sometimes we, we say some really vile, insidious and cruel things to one another because we, we're trying to we're, we're struggling to try to be right. We're struggling to try to we, we just want to be right. We just want to prove something. And, you know, what do you have to really prove? You know, especially as you get older, like if I tell somebody, hey, man, I'm gonna beat you up like. Who's going to see an old man fight? You know what I mean? That, that, 